Um, getting wet and in the middle of winter. That also is very unfortunate. Uh, going to make a bowl of cereal and finding out your milk is like four days sour. God, that sucks. Um, finding hairs in your ass crack. That's just daily life. Yeah. (laughs) But, but... This is something fresh from just yesterday. I hate ads that show, like, a a game ad that shows something that's not in the game at all. It's, like, not like a trailer where it's like, oh, this is, you know, an animated trailer for the game. Okay, I get that. You know, it's a trailer. Uh, It's not a gameplay trailer. But you see an ad, like, scroll up your Facebook feed, right? For Mm -hmm. And it's a Facebook game, so it is what it is anyway. But... You see an ad for a game and you're like, hmm, that looks kind of interesting. You load it up. It looks nothing like that. I'd have to see some examples. I so, I, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, but so I can't think of the last thing. He, here's what it was. You know, I, as everybody that listens to this, you know, knows by now I've been on a little D&D kick lately. So scrolling through my feed and I see an ad for a game, a Facebook game. And it essentially is a D&D dungeon-type grid layout with little, you know, tokens and stuff, just like a tabletop game. I'm like, okay, interesting. You know, you've, you've got my interest because I like D&D. I like playing, you know, games that involve D&D. So I click on it. It's nothing like D&D. It, there's no grid board. It's a get all your heroes, you know, from the... Uh, that are mind controlled by the enemy, you know, the generic rip off, a, rip off of a common mobile game uh, type right now. No grid system, no, you know, D&D hero type or uh, class structure that I've seen at all. It's just a bunch of individual characters you have to get and then beat the bad guys, you know. Sounds just, fairly basic and lame. Exactly. Um, yeah, so that was very frustrating. Was it a charge service as well? Is it something you had? To oh no 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 no! It's just a Facebook game. So. Ah. Now Facebook games get you in their uh, currency, like mobile games. You know the in-game purchases, gems and diamonds and whatnot. I think in general we as people don't uh, we don't care for false advertising in any case. Yeah. <laughs> Hello everyone. Welcome to In the Timecast. I'm Michael. I'm Chris. Today, today is going to be the day <laughs> that we talk about politics. Oh boy! I just, just, just well, I just watched <laughs> the subs go. Yeah, no, not in my back. Uh, not in, not in my podcast. <laughs> you got there. Yeah, yeah. No, we won't be talking about politics here. Uh. I could tell you something that I hate. All right. I hate. I actually just forgot. I was thinking about it today. <laughs> I was actually going to bring it up today, and I legit fucking forgot. This is why I write was, things down. Well, yeah, and I have no excuse that I actually carry a notepad with me <laughs> in my pocket. I also have a cell phone that has a notepad app on it, mm-hmm. or seven thousand other ways to write shit down. It just, I'm just a very busy man. Very busy. 
Uh, Chris, do we have, I know it's early. That's early in this episode, but do we have any well actually from last week? No. I don't think so either. I think there were a couple things I were gonna I was gonna look up. I think I actually mm-hmm. addressed them in the episode, so no. Yeah, we're pretty good about that. I think we're good. Anything anything in the in the news vaporware catch your eye or ear this this last week? Yeah, actually. Um Oh shit. So I have two things on my news list. Okay. The first is fresh as of like an hour or two ago. Holy I shit, got, you heard it here, folks. I got an email from PlayStation saying that a year from now, on March 8, 2019, PS Plus is no longer going to include PlayStation 3 or Vita games. Oh, well, what? Because right now you get, with your PlayStation Plus every month, you know, like, same thing with Games of Gold, you get PS4 game. PS3 game and Vita crap that nobody cares about, but it's there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they're going to discontinue that in a year. So this is the, you know, year heads up that we're going to stop supporting or I, I won't say stop supporting, but we're not going to stop providing free games for PS3 and Vita. With PS3. So you'll still be able to get the games. You'll just have to pay for them. Right. No okay. more free PS3 or Vita games in a year. Well, damn. So that, have have you been taking advantage of this free PS3 slash Vita game thing? I I actually have tons of them on my account. I did let my PS Plus membership lapse, though, after mm-hmm. I had that whole issue I talked about where I got my account hacked. I, yeah. I let it run out, took off my payment stuff so it couldn't auto-renew, and mm-hmm. I just let it go. And But I recently redid it, and I've, when I have it, I take advantage, and when I remember to. Um, mm. But I have a large... I say large. I had to actually go back and check, but I have a fairly decent library of PS3 and even Vita games, even though I don't own one, that I've just added to my account via PS Plus. Um, and these are games that you have downloaded to your PS4 hard drive and can play no disc, no internet connection. You the, can just play them. The PS4 games, yes. The PS3 games, uh it depends on what the compatibility is for them. If it's actually playable on PS4 or not, because mm. you know PlayStation stopped doing backwards compatibility with PS2. So, or mm. I say the original PS3s rather. That's what I meant. I think I'm just trying to wrap my head around the whole free PS3 games period. So, is that free PS3 games that you can only get on the PS3? Yes. Usually, if it says PS3, it's PS3 only. Um, some yes. of them will say like PS3 or Vita. You could play it on either. Stuff like mm. that. So it depends on the game, but usually it's that console specifically. See, I remember the 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 backwards compatibility debacle with the PlayStation 3. Like there were yeah. five, four or five models of the PS3, but only the first two were backwards compatible. The PS4, mm. I don't know. The PS4, not at all. Never. Oh, wow. Um, I believe the oh. only backwards compatible is what they've added with their... Uh, stuff they've technically re-released as PS4 compatible and the their PlayStation Now service or whatever it is that lets you play games, you know, you stream them from uh, their servers or whatever, which means you don't, you can't play offline. You don't mm. own the games. You just, it's like a game streaming service. 
that you can pay for. So if you have a PlayStation 4, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 4 Slim, PlayStation 4 Pro, and you have a PlayStation 3 game, you're shut out of luck. Usually, yes. And if you have the PlayStation 4 consoles listed above, and you have PlayStation uh, Live or uh, uh, PS Now, I believe it is. That's Xbox. Good Lord, yeah. Uh, PlayStation Now, and you download a PlayStation 3 game, you're still SOL. So the PS Now is it the compatibility stuff isn't quite the same. I'm sure mm-hmm. there's a whole library of games because mm-hmm. it's one of the things that service was touted for, if I'm not mistaken, was you could even play back to original PlayStation games through that service. Yeah. Um, right. You just can't buy them individually most of the time. Or some of them you can, but you can also do them on the streaming service if you don't want to pay the full price to own them. You just mm-hmm. pay your whatever price it is per month and you can play whatever games you want that are on the service for the month. It's understandable, man. I've I've made my peace with backwards compatibility. I, I actually made it in the PS3 era. I made it back in the sixth generation era because I under, I understand. You know, it's if a console is going to play older generations, it basically has to emulate its own console, which with the 64 and under, it that's not exactly tough and well, like N64, PlayStation, that fifth generation on back. But, man, I don't know. I, I think with the... And now, keep in mind that Xbox One has a ever-growing list of backwards compatible games. Yeah. And it just yeah. plays them. You don't have yeah. to patch them. You don't have to... I won't say you want to patch them. I don't know if that's true 100% of the time. But typically... You put the game in, if it's on the list, you can play it. So they are doing I, emulation on it already. Yeah, I think I think it's just the PlayStation. Yeah. I think Sony's just the odd man out in this group because... And I, I'm taking this from both areas. I'm taking it from console actual emulation, and mm-hmm. I'm taking it from PC emulating consoles. Uh, to date, as of this recording, all that I know of... You can get, you can maybe get an Xbox, an actual Xbox emulator. Pretty, it'll do pretty good. Mm-hmm. 360, not so much. PlayStation, you can get a PlayStation 2, no problem. The PlayStation 3, eh, still not going to happen. Nintendo, everything up to the fucking <laughs> Wii U will work. And even, yeah. I mean, I say that, that there, there's definitely one game that works rock fucking solid for a Wii U emulator. Uh, the other ones are kind of hit or miss, but if you're talking about just the the consoles doing their own emulation, as you said, the Xbox One, they's like, yeah, t- uh, take a trip back. We 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 do it all. Nintendo says, hey, we have everything on the virtual console as well. So uh, actually, I don't know. Do they do they have 64 games yet on? On, on the on the Wii U, on the Switch, on the I on mean, the on the Nintendo yeah, I, eShop. I played Alleyway, which is a Game Boy game. They have stuff from every yeah. generation. Right. Well, I know they do old stuff. It's easy to do old stuff. I mean, from '64, GameCube stuff like that. I don't know oh yeah. They, I don't. Yeah. But <clears throat> like I was saying earlier, I've made my peace with it because I understand the actual mechanics of what's going on when they're trying to do that. If they have the place, if Sony has the PlayStation Four, and they, it's not just 
disc reading is not the only factor that comes into play with backwards compatibility. Mm-hmm. It's not just, you know, we have a PlayStation 4 that can read a higher capacity disc and the PlayStation 4 can read everything on a higher capacity disc. Therefore, we can just cram a bunch of... It doesn't work that way. The actual hardware of the PlayStation 3 is dynamically different than the hardware of the PlayStation 4. So the PS4 would either, one, have to be super fucking great at reading the PlayStation 3's language, which it can't, or it would act, you would have to have a even a, a, a one-twentieth size hardware of a PlayStation 3 crammed somewhere into a PS4, and it would basically just emulate Well, it. see, that's essentially what the Xbox One does. It is essentially running... A 360 emulator. You get the splash screen and everything like you just booted up a 360. Right. But the internal architecture of the Xbox One, that's Microsoft. Mm -hmm. They just build on theirs. I don't think Sony does that. Sony, they... I think they could. I I think they could, but they haven't. They just just haven't. I mean, they did... And they they don't seem... The fact that they did it on the PS3 and then stopped. Yeah. That's like, okay, well, you could have kept doing it for all the rest of the PS3s, but you stopped, I guess, to save money, most likely. I mean, that's a typical right. scenario. But with the PS4's power, there's really no reason not to. I, I just... I, I to this day, have PS2 games I never finished because PS3 rolled around. I want to play PS3 games, so I hooked it up. And sure, I have a bunch of consoles out, but I have a bunch of consoles out. I can't right. have a PS2 and a PS3 and going back, you know, when that was relevant, an Xbox and Xbox 360 or whatever, you know, the Wii, I think, or whatever, GameCube probably around that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have room for all of these at once. I'd have to unplug mm-hmm. consoles, replug them in to play a PS2 game, you know, and switch when I want to play PS3. So I, I, I don't like it. I think yeah. it's absurd that with the power we have in consoles and the fact that games will play, uh, whether it's through a you know PS Now type service or whatever workarounds they have to do to get it to work that they couldn't come up with some better solution, uh, I, I just, I don't think it's, I don't think it's an unreasonable expectation to have some level of backwards compatibility. Maybe not. I understand not 100%. That's fine. But give me the base functionality. What I would like to see as as the consumer, and this is just me talking, but I, just, I have it in my head and heart that there are other gaming consumers out there who would agree. I would like to see in writing some sort of company directive reasoning why they're not doing it mm-hmm. because it, I think and this is completely pulling it straight out of my ass I could have swore a few years ago I heard that Sony's big issue is the demand just is not there that that well for the Sony side of the house that they see backwards compatibility is not a thing for them because the demand for old playing older games is not there I think I heard that and, as well and I don't know, man. So are you telling me that your console, that you, if Chris, if you are Sony, mm-hmm. if you're Sony and 
next to you is Nintendo and the other next to you is is Microsoft and they're both saying yeah we even if it's like a moderate amount of we, people want to play our old games and those are our games so we want to say that you can come here for everything you Sony are going to go oh yeah oh, no fuck you're going to come here you're going to come here cuz we have, we have all the good games you're basically cutting out your own library you're yeah. limiting your own games and you as the company should be wanting to push your games out there you should be wanting to be the one-stop shop yep and i and i agree as well this is 2018 i mean the hardware the hardware argument has got to go Mm -hmm. i'll tell you right now i'm looking if of course the audience can't see this but i'm Mm -hmm. looking in front of me and my little makeshift holy shit wire hell setup of (laughs) shit that i have going on the largest electronic device sitting in front of me now is my printer. And my printer is probably, if I'm, if I'm, I mean, I'm just visually making a quick comparison, mm-hmm. maybe two, I'm using r- odd numbers, but like 2.3% larger than, say, the Xbox 360 that's also next, that's next to it. Mm-hmm. It's nice. It's it's sleek when I look at say the PlayStation Four because now I have a PlayStation Four and mm-hmm. a PS Four Pro. It's it's nice to see the slimness. It's nice yeah. to see the the visual aspects. I get it, but just the same way that I don't play games for for the best graphics, I don't buy a console to, for, for how the fuck it looks in my living room. Mm-hmm. I don't tend to invite people over that judge my house anyway. <laughs> and if they do, they keep it to themselves because I, that's just, I don't hang around with asshole people. Yeah. So nobody is going to, it, it, it's, it just seems unfathomable. Someone's going to come to my house and go and look at like my printer. If that was a video game console and go, Oh God, look at that big bulky thing. Yeah. Uh, it just, it doesn't match the decor. Well, that's great. I understand that. But guess what it does do? It plays PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 1, all the PSP games, the Vita games. It plays everything. It just happens to be like over two times the size of, you know, the PlayStation 4. I don't mind. And not only do I not mind, I would pay the extra money. Now, I know that that also doesn't sell. Mm-hmm. Because company with a company, the bottom dollar is where it stops, period. Yeah. So my counter argument to that one is, okay, well then just make a different skew. If you're going to release the PlayStation 4 and again pulling random numbers and you say that you're going to at by, within a year span, you're going to have 200 million PlayStation 4 consoles. Then make 50 million more that are bigger, bulkier, they cost 100 150 dollars more, what the fuck ever, and they are specifically designed to do everything you need a playstation to do and it's not at least give me the option you know yeah it's not like they're not already doing different versions of consoles right you have a s you know for the xbox you have the slim and then you have the normal one and now you have the pro or whatever xbox one x you know playstation has slim and pro and base come on and there's there's different versions of the models i mean and yes. and then there's freaking hard uh software and firmware updates mm-hmm. so this ain't what it used to be it used to be when you went and bought a super nintendo you may get one of two separate models in the span of the super nintendo's life ps4 you got three so far i mean that's and, and if you count version updates 
uh, model differences within the versions. I mean, yeah. 15, 20. It's like when you're talking, even back to the PlayStation, when you're talking about like uh, speed running, you know, I looked in, mm-hmm. I uh, have dabbled in running, speed running uh, Final Fantasy 7. And there is a very specific model that you have to look for because if you want to, you know, be competitive on the P- on the original PlayStation console leaderboard because it has an option in the BIOS, you know, when you boot it up without a disc, uh, that's, or no, sorry, it's a PS2, not PlayStation 1, um, but it's PS2, again, backwards compatible, running the PlayStation 1 disc, uh, has an option to speed up the disc reading. Mm-hmm. So you save like 10 minutes overall because it reads yeah. the disc faster. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're so, and that's, you know, they're very specific model numbers that have that feature and the others don't. So yeah, there's all kinds of models for consoles. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I'm the, I'm the same as you. I still have a, a majority of my older generation consoles and Amazon Prime is great. I can buy all kind of splitters and adapters and converters and uh, cables, cores, all that. You know, my TV may only have four HDMI inputs, but by God, I can buy splitters and put how many I wanted to. I can convert analog to HDMI. I can do all kinds of crap. I know it can be done. Mm -hmm. I know it's just being lazy and poor folk talk when I'm saying that I want it. But that's not... That, that's only part of the reason the the reason why i do have the shit i do on my pc the reason why that i look for games on my pc is not because i'm part of the fucking pc master race bullshit it's because when i want to jump from game to game to game in a day mm-hmm. i can just click close open click close open swap game swap game I don't have to leave my fucking chair. I know that's lazy, but it's convenience. <laughs> it's fucking convenience to be able to just play what the fuck I want on one thing. If I want to jump around to different consoles, I'd have to, you know, it's the fuck I'd have to turn my Super Nintendo on. I'd have to swap this switcher, swap this switcher, swatch, swap my input source. Hopefully figure out, I would have to have a fucking map here with fucking switchers and like a guy to go, okay, Super Nintendo, this controller hit button one, this controller hit seven, this one swap this, hit that one, okay, source one, go. I mean, come on, man. You, it gets fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I'm pretty much it to the point of my living room now. Yeah. I actually need to draw out a diagram because when I moved, I was like, all right, I, I almost did it, but I was like, you know what? I'm not going to bother because I'm going to end up rearranging stuff anyway when we get here. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I really should write this down yeah. because I don't know where half these cables go once they're unplugged. And I'm just like, all right, I need a an HDMI cable. Um, okay, I need like six of them. How many do I yep. have? I, I had all this stuff hooked up before. What am I doing different? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a mm-hmm. four by two HDMI splitter on my desk. So. And, then, and then that's you. God forbid if you're your wife, husband, spouse, friend, whatever is like, hey man, you mind if I play your Sega Genesis? Sure, have at it. And they're <laughs> like, uh, hey man, you want to kind of kind of come set this up, man? Because I don't know what the fuck you got going on. Oh yeah, <laughs> I I know I understand that the backwards compatibility audience is not for everybody. 
I know that a lot of gamers are in the now and in the new and, you know, whatever console is out and whatever new games are out, that's what they're interested in. But those generations get pushed back just like everyone else. That the PlayStation 4 generation is going to be the Super Nintendo generation one day. You know, there's going to be the 13th generation console and they're going to be looking back on the on the uh, PlayStation, PlayStation 4 going, yeah, man, that's where I got my start. Mm-hmm. That's where they're going to want to you're going to want to play that shit. You know, as time goes on, this is going to become more and more of an issue. I say I've made my peace with it. It's more like I'm it's more like a shrug the shoulders made peace. <laughs> I'm like, well, what the fuck am I gonna do, man? They're obviously not listening. Again, the PlayStation 3 had four, I wanna say maybe even five, but at least four different models, four different fucking SKUs. And two of them were backwards compatible at a point in time that happened. And they just took it away. And ever yep. since then it's gonna been like it's funny Granted, that was go ahead it's funny you're talking about the sizes of them and that ps3 was referred to as the fat ps3 because mm-hmm. the skinny ones or the ones that didn't have backwards compatibility so yeah. it's like what ps3 do you have oh yeah i have the fat one. Oh, so you had the backwards compatibility yeah you know because it's the only ones that were fat had the backwards compatibility yeah i also think um, well i mean i that that fucking argument doesn't hold water either i was gonna say it also could be because their disc you know, because they're on discs, but half the time you're downloading your games to your console anyway to help with loading times or whatever. And again, yeah. as you said, the Xbox One does backwards compatibility, so I don't know. This is something for us to research on our own. It's something for you as well as an audience. If if you're at all interested in backwards compatibility, go check out and see what... Uh, Go look and see what information you can find about this and uh, give us a report back. I'd love to know more info about what the fucking deal is. Uh, I think, wasn't there some news about the virtual console as well? Uh, I think I remember hearing I don't about that. May I don't know if they're stopping it or maybe, uh, that might have been something for like the Wii U. Uh, maybe maybe they, order, uh, order support yeah. or something. Yeah, like... The, the switch oh my god that's that should be the backwards compatibility king to play to be able to play every nintendo console to man known to man in a portable format i'm sure you'll have the outcriers going i'm not buying fucking zombies ate my neighbors for the fifth time i mean you say that but it's that money and that incentive that goes to them to make them do it now what I would say, what I, what I don't agree with, is if you, I I feel like the the gaming market itself, like the the virtual console or Xbox Live or whatever, if it is an if it is a online entity where it's basically fucking Steam for a console, mm-hmm. you should be able to buy that game and just say I own it in the digital format and that's it. I do agree with that. With, I think that should be something universal. With Xbox, you totally can. If you buy a 360 game and it's backwards compatible, you can play it on your Xbox One. That's the way it should be. Absolutely. Yeah. I That's yeah. one of the reasons I hate buying physical games now because I'm like, well, I won't be able to play it on, you know, the next Xbox console. Mm-hmm. Um, because Unless it's backwards compatibility, of course. But um, if it's digital, I have a better chance of it being on there. Yeah. I can think of, 
I know one right off the bat. I think I, I know of two, but I think one may have gotten released. There are two Xbox specific games that I cannot play at all today unless I have the actual fucking Xbox, the original Xbox in my house to play. One is Jet Set Radio Future. That is one of my favorite Xbox games. That's kind of a spoiler for a future episode. I never played it. <laughs> but, oh man, fucking great game. All the jet grinds, I've never had, I've never found one I didn't like. And it's a fucking, it's a game about skating and fucking tagging. It's skating and painting. And I was like, ah, and I played it. And uh, yeah, I 100%ed both of those games. But in any event, and that is that is that is not an unknown Xbox game. I mean, the Xbox kind of had a small library to begin with, but the games that is one of the games that that console is known for. And I can't find the, there's no backwards compatibility version. The only physical way you can play that game, and I'm talking anyway, legal or illegal, is to have it on the actual Xbox. The other one is, uh, oh man, I love this game so much. Odd World: Stranger's Wrath. I haven't played that. Love one. that. You haven't? You haven't? Uh, no. Was that one released as a different name? No. Okay. There was one I think I read that was released as a different name, or was re-released under a different name or something. So, anyway. as the lineage that I that I know, Odd World. There's the first Odd World, Odd World: Abe's Odyssey. Yes. Then there was Odd World's Odd World Abe, Abe's Exodus. Yes. Then there was Odd World Munch's Odyssey. Then Odd World Stranger's Wrath, and then Odd World uh, Big was it Big and Tasty? It was basically it was a it was a remake of the first Odd World. I want to say it was Big and Tasty. Uh, Stranger's World was a far departure from what you knew in the odd world era is basically like a first person shooter with a lot of puzzle solving in it. And oh man, Oh, that game was so good. I got it just because it was an odd world game. And I, that's, I kind of want to make a strong argument that I, that might be my favorite odd world. Just the problem with it is it's such a departure from what you know as odd world. Odd world is very specific side scrolling, uh, puzzle stealth, that deal. This is more shootery. Uh, it's first. It's a first-person shooter. Yeah, there's puzzle stuff in it. There, it's kind of, sort of open world. But in any event, I, I think that one may have gotten released in the backwards compatibility library. But in any event, I what I'm saying is is I, I know that the backwards compatibility site and, and picture is a small one. I get it, and I get that with. I know a lot of these companies with a lot of these consoles are trying their best to expand their libraries and give you more options. But as a guy that can pick up a Super Nintendo emulator and play every fucking game known to human fucking existence with clicks of a button, that should be available legally on a console. Yeah, I understand that the that. There's also licensing involved into it. I mean, yeah, there, there's some game that there's only going to be seven fucking people who are going to ever download this game <laughs> and pay for it. That's why we're only going to charge two bucks for it. But the licensing to get that game is just, it's it, it's a supply and demand, 
and it's also a cost versus reward. I, I get it. It's it's a big fucking mess. But I'm a big fucking spoiled kid that just wants all of my shit in one place. Maybe I'll have it. Maybe we won't. I don't know. We got we got another generation of consoles coming out. The Switch, from what I understand, is is all up in that. Uh, I don't know anything about the fucking Scorpion, and I, I guess there's the PlayStation Five. I don't, I don't, I don't even know. I don't even know if I've heard anything about the next generation of the Sony consoles. I thought Scorpion was the Xbox One X. No, that was yeah, wasn't it Scorpio? Uh, I think so. Yeah. So you, yeah. are you saying there's an, uh, another one? No, we're right now we're in the Xbox One era. The next console to come out, I thought it well maybe it was Project Scorpio. Yeah, Project Scorpio was the Xbox One yeah. X. Uh okay. So the next console to come out is the Xbox One X. Uh and then Nintendo's is 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 the Switch. Yeah. I don't know about Sony. I don't know. I'm sure they have something. And we can only hope that man, that's how you win. E3, right there. That's how you fucking drop the mic at there. Oh, by the way, if you get the PlayStation 5 at fucking $550, it's compatible with everything. God, that'd Everything will be, be accessible. Everything's accessible. If it exists on a PlayStation uh, console or, or game-playing device, you will have access to buy it one time and have it forever. Even when the PlayStation 9 comes out. That's how you do it. I just don't see Sony yeah. doing that. I could see, I could actually see Microsoft doing mm-hmm. it. I could, I could genuinely see Nintendo doing it. But I don't know. I, I, I don't wouldn't know say Nintendo would because Nintendo, they do their own thing. And one thing they don't do is, you know, let you replay games very often. Uh, carry them over. I mean, yeah. at the least, they're changing the disc sizes every freaking console. Yeah. So you can't. But I mean, there is a huge fucking backwards library with the that they with the the eShop or yeah, but you have to pre-buy them. Yeah. See, that's what I don't yeah. agree with. That, that, that that's what I'm talking about is a non-rebuying backwards compatibility. Yeah. You don't have to rebuy it. But the best part about one console doing that would be that whether Sony or Microsoft did it, the other one would probably follow suit just to mm-hmm. stay competitive. So it only takes one to make the leap. You know, this is something I realized uh, recently when I, uh, I, I had let a friend of mine borrow a bunch of my Xbox uh, 360 games. And I recently got them back from her and was looking at my library. And I've noticed that, I mean, it, it's also because of the way that I, the, the, at the place that I was in my life, I I owned a PlayStation Three. I, I owned a PlayStation Three, but only for Final Fantasy fourteen. <laughs> I didn't expand on the library. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I I don't know why this happened, and it's me. It's something for me specifically. This is not a thing with the gaming world that I that I've seen anyway. I have a fuck ton of Mario of a uh, Mario of, of Xbox 360 games. I have like like 20 or 30. But I only have like 10 
maybe maybe eight or ten PlayStation Three games, and the, the sad part of that is I think six of them are all Ratchet and Clank games. So <laughs> yeah, I'm the I think same I have way. Ev- yeah, I have every single Ratchet and Clank game for the PlayStation Three. However, the next generation, I'm up to probably fourteen PlayStation Four games. I have like two Xbox One games. That's it. The exclusivity is something that I fall, no, I don't, I don't say a victim. I am all about exclusivity. And I for, for me, I look out at the Xbox 360's landscape, I mean the Xbox One's landscape, and I don't see too many exclusives I really care about. No. Whereas here on the fucking PS4, the PS4 started with Bloodborne. Bloodborne was like, you're buying a PlayStation 4. And, and, I, and I did. <laughs> The PS, the Bloodborne was a was a console purchase, thumbs up for me, same way that uh, Breath of the Wild was for buying a Wii U. But most, a lot of people make the argument that a lot of the the games the games that you can find on the PlayStation Four you can find on the PC. Uh, not really. I've noticed that for the Xbox, I I do not see too many exclusives that I care about. And I mean, like, direct, the only meaning of exclusives as you can only get and play this game on the Xbox One. Whereas the PS4, I've got Bloodborne, I've got Persona, I've got, even though it's a remake, I've got Shadow of the Colossus, there, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. The, the, what I'm saying is these past two generations have, like, they've yin and yang for me. They've, mm-hmm. they've swapped for whatever reason, there were a shit ton of games that I bought for the 360, but not for the PS3. And now it's the other way around. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm pretty consistent. I had a bunch of Xbox, not a whole but a lot of Xbox games, but a lot of Xbox 360 games. And I have a decent, li- well, I'm going to say I have a ton of Xbox One games too, because if I include my digital purchases, <laughs> mm-hmm. I have a ton of those. And I don't, I... I have like eight PS3 games. I talked about it before. I can't remember the exact number. I mean, yeah. PS4, I already have more than I had on PS3. I have seven PS4 games sitting on my desk right now that I need to play yeah. and more that are digitally on the console. Um, but I have way more Xbox One than PS4 still. See, I pulled up this random list j- just as, a, as an example. Mm-hmm. And this this is what I see for Xbox One exclusive titles. Rare Replay Collection. Hey, I'm all about Rare. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Not a system seller for me, though. Well, no. Uh, Forza Horizon 2. I'm not a racing guy. Looks looks nice, but not my thing. Uh, Forza Horizon 3. Read above. Killer Instinct. Not exclusive anymore because I've got that bad boy on Steam. Gears of War 4, hey, I love Gears of War, but I I don't know if 4 was enough for me to buy a console. I really don't. I think 3 capped that off for me. And I didn't I didn't really see too much in the trailer or the gameplay or word of mouth that was like, dude, man, Gears of War 4. It's the one you need to get it. Uh Halo Wars 2, I never even played the first Halo Wars. So even though I respect Halo, topical thing, uh, uh, not not up for me. Forza Motorsport 7, nope. Super Lucky's 
tail for the Xbox. Moving on, <laughs> Crackdown Three. I I have only played a cra- I played Crackdown One for maybe maybe two hours, and it just didn't catch me. It didn't catch me. I had already played. Uh, I've already played like Saints Row, and that's kind of what Crackdown felt like. Mm-hmm. I played Crisis a little bit. That's kind of what Crackdown felt like. I played. Uh, Did you play um, Sunset Overdrive? I I did not. I did not care about that game. Okay, it was pretty fun. It's interesting. That my uh, first Xbox One, I bought bundled with it because it's yeah. you know get a game with it. It's the only one that interested me at all. And it turned out to be pretty fun. Yeah, I I saw the trailer and I saw. I saw the reactions to it and I, I respected the game and the trailer and the hype that it got because it's colorful and different and new, but it felt, I don't know. It just didn't, it rubbed me kind of the wrong way. I didn't, I didn't care for it at all. Uh, sea of thieves. I mean, I've, I, I feel sea of thieves. I want to tell you something. I feel sorry for you. <laughs> this is only for me. This is only for me. I'm sorry that you came out as a trailer in the middle of me playing Assassin's Creed platform <laughs> because I'm already done. Like I've, I've, the pirate shit's good for me. And honestly, if I wanted more of it, I would go back to Assassin's Creed. Sea of Thieves. What I see when I see Sea of Thieves, I'm seeing how many times I say C in the same sentence. Mm. When I saw that game, I saw a team fortress meets pirates, which, Okay fun looks interesting but i also didn't see i I don't know it just didn't grab me the trailer didn't grab me uh for whatever reason black flag did maybe it's because black flag paints a more realistic aspect of pirates Mm -hmm. and see if these is more like you know yar har fun fire stuff out of a cannon yeah yeah so not only did the game kind of was Sea of Thieves, the trailer alone was kind of ho hum for me, but the fact that I've already blown hundreds of hours in Black Flag, I was like, yeah, I'm good. And then we got PUBG, which I'm so fucking fenced about <laughs> PUBG. I'm, well, not really fenced. I'm, I've been I've been sliding further and further back to the negative side of PUBG. Uh, we've already made statements of why earlier, but anyway, the, the, I'm looking at three, six, nine, twelve. Maybe, maybe, we'll, we'll we'll give it the benefit of the doubt and say fifteen games that are exclusive, and I'm interested in really maybe. Well, like Gears of War is a maybe. Gears of War four would be a maybe, but that's one. Yeah, and half of that's them are Forza. One. Yeah, yeah. That I can't. I don't want to purchase a console. I mean, I'm saying this already. I have one, but mm-hmm. I. I there's nothing that's drawing me. That library is so everything else, the the other games in that library can be gotten somewhere else, and uh, mainly they can be gotten on PC. So fuck yeah. Now when I go to the PlayStation Four, I mean I'm looking at that there. There's not even pictures or numbers. I'm looking at like forty something games here of exclusives. That doesn't always mean something because there's re-releases, there's games that you don't care about, just like the Xbox One. But I have Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes, damn right, console seller for me, but one that you will want. Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, sure. I need to pick that up still. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Now we're up to three. I've got three that's that I'm like, uh, yeah, 
Yes, I will. Uh, Infamous Second Son. Infamous is a good game. Mm-hmm. Those, those that's that's up Sitting there. Sitting on my desk. You want to have? Uh huh. Uh, Kingdom Hearts. Nah. Uh, The Last Guardian. Hey, yeah. The Last of Us Part Two coming out. The Last of Us mm-hmm. Remastered. Yes, it's a remaster, but yeah. Uh, I mean, a li- the Uncharted's on Clank. there. Is it Uncharted, Uncharted exclusive? Yeah, yeah. So I never yeah. played it because I never really cared for the consoles. Yakuza Six. Uh, Yakuza. I mean, you, you have games on here that made Game of the Year list. You know, hmm. so it's weird how th- this. It's good that PlayStation 4 has these exclusives. If they would just get that backwards compatibility into it, that they just, they need it all. Yeah. Damn it, because we need it all. I'm I'm kind of concerned though now that it's less likely to happen because of all the re-releases and remasters. They mm-hmm. kind of lose part of that market if backwards compatibility can take care of it. Yeah. And provide it for, you know, the <clears throat> consumer, so from a money standpoint, probably better to just re-release. Yeah. Yeah. Chris, how was your week, man? Pretty good. Um, that whole conversation started off on news. I didn't even talk about the other one. Um, I'll jump on it real quick. Yeah, real quick. It's small. There's a uh, Horizon Zero Dawn costume in Monster Hunter World. Um, oh, yeah. From the 28th to the 15th, February 28th mm-hmm. to March 15th. Um, mm-hmm. you have to be rank 11 to do the mission, which I don't know what that means. Cause I haven't touched the game since that first day, but, <laughs> um, I will maybe load it up and see what I need to do that. And funny thing is if you're a male character, it actually turns your character into a uh, female, uh, <laughs> Aloy. So, nice. so you look like Aloy. I think the, the pet, the, your little cat, uh, horizon zero dawn outfit looks pretty cool. I didn't see the cat part. Yeah, you look like you remember the the scout like uh, enemies in Horizon Zero Dawn. They look like little raptors, but they have like a basically like a camera for a face. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The, it it turns it turns it into one of those basically, but it's 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 a cat body with that head kind of. You can look up pictures. Okay. You'll see what. Yeah. But yeah, so my week. <laughs> Jesus. Um, have you, I'm not even going to ask if you've played it because I highly doubt you have, but have you ever heard of Dwarf Fortress? I've heard of Dwarf Fortress. Yeah. I've never played it. What have you heard about it? Yes. Um, do you, do you recall? I, I, I've honestly never looked into it. Okay. I've never seen any details that caught my eye, so it's probably just strictly name association that okay. I've heard of it. Yeah, so Dwarf Fortress is a... Um, God, I'm trying to think of how they describe it. It's a simulation game where you're managing your dwarves. Um, you start out... It's a pretty typical type of um, start with this group of people and these resources and then survive type thing mm-hmm. um what and also that roguelike uh dynamic flow you know your world's generated when you create and load up the game you uh random events happen there's weather there's 
environmental changes. Even, you know, like one of the funny things is, is your dwarves live underground like forever. Mm-hmm. Say you're minor, you know, never goes above ground, always just mining, 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 because that's what they're good at, right? Yeah. If they actually go out in the sunlight, they will get unhappy because they're so unused to it. And there's this whole job system and skill system to it where, you know, like you start out with a miner and the more you mine, the better you get at it. And kind of branching them off is almost not worth it. Um, mm-hmm. But what it is famous for is, I believe the phrase goes, um, it, it's something like, uh, you know, Dwarf Fortress is fun to lose at um, or something like that. You know, it's got that uh Dark Souls type mentality where, yeah, okay, you died, move on, keep going. Yeah. Um, it is a very punishing game if you uh, get what is called a death spiral where, okay, this person's pet died. They're unhappy. So they may break something. They may punch somebody. And then that person gets unhappy because they just got punched. <laughs> so then they're unhappy. So now you have two people unhappy. That person goes off and, you know, maybe punches them back. And maybe that guy's friends with somebody else who goes, I don't like that you just punched my friend. Now you've got a bra going on. People oh, are sad, depressed. There's blood everywhere. People are getting upset about blood and, <laughs> you know, the area being dirty or whatever. It, Your base is gone. You could have 200 people in your base. One person has something really traumatic happen to them. You're done. You know, and it could stem from a pet that died because it walked into a trap or, you know, something wildlife killed it or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's a very, I've got to say it's probably one of the most micromanaging simulators out there. And yeah, it's very punishing, but it's very fun too. Um, You you have a lot of stuff you can do, but I've played this for a while now. Um, I haven't actually played it in like three years now, but mm-hmm. I played it. I don't even know how old the game is. Uh, 2006 is what Wiki says on my screen right mm-hmm. now. So I've played it. I don't know when I started, but probably close to eight years off and on now. I want to say, I mean, you know, I need to look up the title now because mm-hmm. I think there was a, I think Dwarf. No, not Dwarf Fortress. That was that's another game I'm thinking about. I was thinking of Dwarf Fortress too. I may have played that one, but no, I, there was there was there was some fucking game I played that had a character that looked like Soren, and he he controlled these fucking goblins, and he made the goblins do whatever he wanted mm-hmm. to do, and they yeah that that's not Dwarf Fortress. <laughs> so sorry, I got to, I got games confused for a second. It's all good, but yeah, this game technically it's still a beta. I don't think it. Let's see, what's the version number? 0. 0.44.05. Um, In 12 years, they've made it to 0. 0.44. And the last update was on the 22nd of February. So wow. this guy, and I think it's like one guy, or it's, I think they've expanded, obviously. Um, but I don't think it's much. I think there's literally like two guys, maybe only one still working on this game. But he's Jesus. just. I'm, I'm looking at screenshots now, and it's like, damn, yeah. this is a. Uh, and it's ASCII, okay. ASCII style. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I actually download a pack that includes some uh, visual <laughs> improvements because <laughs> I, I've played the ASCII. I can do it, but man, the quality of life just from having a slightly better UI, and they're still terrible. Oh, 
the UI is still <laughs> terrible, even with the packs, the graphics packs. But yeah, it's just a fun game. And uh, I think it was Saturday. I, I well, really started Friday, but I didn't play until Saturday. I was like, man, I'm in the mood to play some Dwarf Fortress. So I loaded it up. I didn't stream it because it's been so long since I played. I was like, all right, what are the controls? And the controls aren't great either. So I'm like, mm-hmm. all right, how do I go up and down levels? Because it's multi-tiered world. You know, you're digging down, literally down in, you know, Z levels. And you can go like 300 plus levels deep or something like that. And there are things Jeez. you find deep in the earth too, if you go that far. So, um, so I was like, all right, I'm going to load it up. So I did that and... Uh, it's been a while, so I've you know picked my starting people, and I, I typically do the pick carefully option, so it doesn't just randomly assign me people. I mean, it still does that; their likes and dislikes are randomly generated, but you can allocate skill points, you know, and go with more items or something like that. You know, if you want a certain build out or loadout for your initial settlers, you can kind of do it. You have a limited points to use; it's a point-based system, so the better something is, the more points it's going to cost you. So. It's like, all right, pretty happy with this. Started my thing, and I ended up restarting that fortress in the first 30 minutes because Mm -hmm. I started in a bad area that has a ton of water underground. So I was like, all right, I'm going to dig into this mountain because I always start next to a mountain, right? So you can dig in and start your base, a little bit Mm -hmm. safer. So I do that. Start digging down. I do my stairs down, and it's like, oh, there's water on the other side of all the walls surrounding your stairs, which, okay. So I move a little bit over, do the same thing. Hey, still water. I'm like, great. <laughs> I cannot mine because there's literally water everywhere. I wow. It's probably one of the worst areas to start in ever. Aside from like, you know, a volcano or something. Which I don't even know if there's volcanoes in the game, but I know there are badlands that aren't vegetated and stuff. Um, yeah, but this was a well-vegetated area. It was just really wet. Um, so like, all right. So I started up another one, picked a little bit drier area. Cause they actually call them, uh, aquifers or something like that. That indicates you're going to have more underground water and it's going to be more difficult to dig. So mm-hmm. I made sure to pick an area that did not have that. Um, but still had enough vegetation where I wouldn't have to worry about running out of wood immediately. Because even though, you know, you're mining stone and you make a lot of stuff out of stone, you want some stuff out of wood, you know, your tools and uh, crossbow type weapons. You know, you need uh, furniture. You don't want to sit on stone furniture typically. All Um, right. So you kind of get a good area to get a decent amount of resources. And I played that for a bit. And then I remembered how tedious and draining playing Dwarf Fortress can be. Sounds like Minecraft. Oh, Minecraft does nothing on this. I can oh, I can, well, I play Minecraft. You have you just stirred me clear away from that game. <laughs> um, it, it's a lot more fun than Minecraft, though. I'd say overall, once you know what you're doing and have some semblance of uh, structure to your uh, base, and you you have a plan of some type, whether that's just okay. I want to build a base that has this many rooms and this style, you know, there are tools that make it easier. Like I was talking about the, uh, the graphics pack. Well, there's mm-hmm. actually a whole, uh, 
pack you can download called the Lazy Noob Pack, which has the game, the graphic packs, uh, a variety of options for graphic packs. It actually has its own UI, so you can pick and choose from the options. And it comes with the other tools like, there's some you can use to cheat uh, at various levels, but the only one I really use is the, uh, I'm trying to think of what it's called. It's like Dwarf Manager or something like that. Because in mm-hmm. game, you can click on a person and then you can look at their skills and you can tell them whether or not they can do certain jobs. Like, you will never do anything but mine. And I just lost power, I think. Can you still hear me? Yeah, I still hear you. Okay. Um, You're not dead. You're not dead yet, Sanka. Yeah. Three of my screens turned off and the lights turned off. Wow. You're, you're still with me, man. I hope as long as you're still recording, it's okay. <laughs> well, if the computer turns off, it won't be. Um, yeah, but I wouldn't be able to hear you at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, um, so yeah, so you manage your dwarves in the UI, but it's a very convoluted process. You have to go find them first, which you have another menu that lists all of them. So you're like, all right, go to this, go in, do this. All right, manage that dwarf. There's a tool, this dwarf manager that actually lets you do it in this other application and then it sends it to the main dwarf fortress game. So that, that's a little quality of life thing. I don't consider that cheating because it's something I can absolutely do in game. Right. There are other tools like Stone Sense, which actually lets you see what stones in different places. That's cheating because you don't yeah, know what materials are where. Um, right. And there are other. Yeah, th- take some of the fun out of it. Yeah. And there are other things like the tools called Dwarf Fortress Hack, you know, to connect to it. So it, it is what it is. You can play whatever level of cheating or not cheating you want. But I played for a while. I wasn't losing, um, which is surprising considering I was, I think I played for like an hour and a half, two more hours. And mm-hmm. then I was like, yeah, I was like, okay, this is very tedious. I wanted to play this. I still kind of do, but. I think I should go play some more Persona 5. Yes, you should. So I did. Oh, thank God. (laughs) Um, And since then, I've been playing Persona 5. I was hoping I'd be done with it by today. Are you done with the game? Have you beat the game? Oh, hell no. Okay. I'm 150-something hours now. I'm, no, I'm in in October. Okay, so you're in October. So you're still fairly decent ahead. I actually stayed up till uh, like 3 o'clock. Well, this morning Bruh, playing take take your time because i was like he tells you in the game take your time i was like all right i want to get some real progress done because it is very frustrating when it's like all right let me go in the next palace yeah. let me go in quit with the every day giving me something to do let me yeah. go in the next one you know give me some story stuff to work with i'm mm-hmm. currently on august 4th um Actually, I can swap my screens and tell you where I am. Keep, yeah. keep, uh, keep so going. I'm. I just completed the third, uh, third. No, I just completed the fourth. I believe, because um, that was an interesting one. Um, mm-hmm. So I literally just completed that, and I haven't even seen the fallout from it yet. When I was like. All right, and so I was streaming yesterday when I was playing up to 3 o'clock this morning, and mm. all of a sudden, I had no audio. Whoa. My streaming application had actually cut out the audio. Oh, first. man. Now, 
granted this was 13 and a half hours into streaming so it's not like it was just you know immediately upon streaming but it's like 13 and a half hours into my stream it's like oh no more audio go to sleep i was like fair enough and i just completed it so i didn't like miss any story stuff from the audio cutting out and i have subtitles and everything on anyway and it's got dialogue for all the uh voiceover so it's like all right as soon as i could save i did and turned it off and went to bed um (laughs) but i was you know, you were talking about how you don't worry about going into the palaces, you know, until it gets closer now because you're not as concerned. I, yeah. I'm i kind of doing the opposite. And not it's not because I'm concerned. It's like, all right, I want to knock this out just because I get tired of them annoying me about going in. Yeah. Every morning it's like, hey, are we going in? Are we going in? After school, 13 text messages going, hey, are you ready to go in? You know, every character sends you a message. So... I'm I'm at a point now, and I mean, I, I now that I know how to do it, I could have done this two fucking palaces ago. Mm-hmm. But now I don't worry at all, period. I now have a way where I can do the entire fucking palace in one go, no matter how long the palace is. Yeah. There, there are items you can get that restore your SP during battle. Yep. I'm done. I just got I those. Noth- I need nothing else now. I've this uh, the last palace I did. I started the palace, I finished the palace, and then the next day, it was like I had like three fucking weeks to do whatever I wanted. I did the same thing in three and four. I got to the treasure in one day. Now, granted, they were still asking me if I wanted to send the calling card, but that was no, I mean, that. I did it. The dungeon is, yeah, the dungeon itself was was nothing. I don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, palace is three. And I like that. Yeah, palaces three and four I did in one day, and I immediately did the calling card after. So once it was done, mm-hmm. it's like, all right, we're just waiting for that date, mm-hmm. the deadline for the that palace story to wrap up. The yeah. rest of the time, I was just doing whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, question. Do you have any stats at five yet? Ah, uh, you know what? I'm I'm waiting for my PS4 okay. to boot back up, and I can actually probably tell you. I I know I have my I had I have to figure out I have to figure out which one. One of them I do have it for social stats. That's what they are. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I actually um I've got three of them at four now. That's pretty much all I do is focus on stats right now. Um, Mm -hmm. though I, so I got to a point where I unlocked a bunch more areas Mm -hmm. and I haven't done a lot of stuff in them. So all of a sudden I had, you know, the characters related to palaces to talk to and do their, you know, confident thing. Mm -hmm. But then I had these other non-team member characters, confidence that I need to work on. So pretty much every day right now, I'm getting like three invites to do stuff at each yeah. point in time of the day. And I'm like, okay, I'm behind on this because I've been focusing yeah. so much on stats because I really want to get the guts to five. This is where all that shit comes into play where it's like now, mm-hmm. now I'm overwhelmed with shit to do. Yes. Because there are... There are specific confidants that I'm working on right now. I've already maxed out. I've maxed out two of the ones that I don't want to go any further with because I don't want to romance them. But I have 
six more confidants that I'm working on, mm-hmm. and I want those worked on before I continue with other ones. Yeah. But sometimes I'll have extra time, and I'll I'll do extra things with other people too. Uh, looking at my time in 147 hours right now. God. I'm at 43 hours. The 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 time that I'm not with them, I do I do a mix of whatever. Mm-hmm. I do stuff to get my stats up. I do, dude, you know this. The people that don't play P5 don't understand what we're saying, but you know this when I say there's there's just too much to do. There is so much yeah. fucking shit for you to do. So many options for you to do. And the more that you play the game, the more you learn where all the ways are. Mm-hmm. You you can streamline these stats. You can find a guide or just take detailed notes of what's going to give you the max and, and, and really bank it out. But the fact that now I have like two to three weeks <laughs> in, in time to fuck off and do what I want, yeah. how I want to do it. I don't have to worry about that. I just do what I feel like doing. If I feel like going and doing, say, the Big Bang Burger Challenge, mm-hmm. I'll go do that. If I feel like going to the batting cage, I'll do it. And it it seems like in my mind that I'm not doing the right thing. And then I remember I have another two and a half weeks. Yeah. End up doing everything I want to do anyway. So now I can, I'm still doing what I need to do. But I'm also doing what I want to do, so I'm getting more enjoyment out of it. And all because I don't have to worry about the palace mm-hmm. anymore. I don't have to worry about the palace deadlines and times. Yeah. How it's many, so good. How, how many uh, burger challenges have you completed? Um, I've done that. I've done. I've only gone there and done the challenge, and I've all I've done that challenge four, if not five times. But I actually complete it. Like you finish the burger. I, uh, I want to say two twice. Okay, maybe. So you've got your second class reward. I, bro, I I have to go back okay. and look. <laughs> I'm losing track of keeping up. Of, of like, I'm having to pull the game up right now to tell you where my stats are, my social <laughs> stats. Uh, I have I am prof- I have fours in every category except for knowledge. I'm nice. a three in that one, and that's because. Actually, where mine started, I used to put a lot of time into my knowledge. Mm-hmm. But when I was doing research over the confidence that I wanted to uh, rank up, I really need charm and kindness up more. Yeah. And then, like it, it was charm number one for me. Then kindness, then guts. Proficiency just happened to always work up because every, at least twice between palaces at two different points, I would build lock picks. And dude, that's something else that's great. The more yeah. proficient you get, the more fucking lock picks you get. I used to be able to make two. I bet it is, Mario. I used to be able to make two. I can make like seven to ten in a night now. Yeah, and you I don't know if you've seen this yet, but you have the chance of making two in one go. Yes, I got that the other night. I was like, great. what? Love it. I love it. And... You use those lock picks. Oh yeah, you use them in the palace and in mementos. Mm-hmm. I had a mementos run that. Oh, by the way, this is going to be just combine your week and my week because as far as games, this is a this is about all I've got <laughs> anyway. Um, there was a, it was it's it's been some time. It was very sporadic for me doing mementos runs where I actually had to use uh, lock picks. I use like I'd use it. 
I do one entire Mementos run. And if you remember last time I told you about this, when I do a Mementos run, I do a fucking Mementos run. Yeah. Like, I do like 12, 15 floors every time I go in. Uh, it used to be that I would go in and do it until either one, I hit the end, two, I run out of SP, or three, I'm bored. The SP is out of the factor now. Yeah. The SP doesn't matter anymore. So That's now so I just great. go in until I go. I have to drag myself out of Mementos now, which means grinding and money for me are a non-point from, from this point mm-hmm. on. But, like, I would, like, let's say it's Monday. And I mean, like, in, in the physical, right. actual world. Monday, I would go into Mementos, and I, of all the 15 floors, I would have found, a, like, 20 treasure chests and maybe one that needed a lockpick. Mm-hmm. Wednesday, I'd go back to Mementos. None of them needed a lockpick. Thursday, no lockpick. Friday, six needed a lockpick. <laughs> it's crazy how the lockpick system works. So I used to keep about five or six on me. Now I'm a, I keep like somewhere in the neighborhood of 20. And it's not just because it, it's mainly because I do so many in one night. So the fact that the fact that that's happening, my proficiency has just kind of on its own just kept going yeah, up. I think that's the one you have but, to worry about the least. Yeah. But I work at doing uh, uh uh charm and kindness yeah i need more charm which, yeah now that i've gotten my confidants to the level that i that i need them to i don't i don't really have to have those mm. as much as i needed them anymore anymore uh th- this is this is one thing that i love about this game one of the 75 things i love i love how interconnected all this shit is mm-hmm. you know you have you have social stats. You want your social stats up so you can have better chances of doing better things with your confidants. Mm-hmm. You want to rank your confidants up because they give you better battle tactics and, and better. They give you better quality of life things, basically. All the way around. They give you better battle options. They give you better in-game options. They give you better uh, persona options. They give you better... Uh, negotiation options. They just keep give. They give you better. They give you discounts at their own shops. They increase the amount of gold you're gonna get from fights. They give you. They increase the amount of XP. They just so all the things you're doing matters. And I I see how people get bogged down with this game. Mm-hmm. I can totally understand how getting overwhelmed with this is a thing because. It, be, it becomes a, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. I let that go when I realized that I was pretty much skip stepping through battles. Mm-hmm. Not, they're not, they're simplistic in a way because the, the hard part of, there's two hard parts of battles for me. Anytime I go into a new palace, one is the process of actually finding a weakness, yeah. which Joker used to be the, uh, I, I hope we haven't, I don't think we have, but spoilers for Persona 5, just in case we say something fucking out of the ordinary. But it used to be Joker was the main one to suffer SP loss for me mm-hmm. because he has so many fucking personas. Yes. Like, your three characters, they're only going to have their personas, which means they're only going to have their elemental they're only going to have their element to work with. Joker's like, oh, if he needs fire and you don't have fire party member, I've got fire here. If they need whatever you need, he, and he can churn them out. Well, now that SP is not an issue, 
uh, it doesn't matter. I can if if the three if one of my three characters do not have a weakness, be it element uh, or gu- or or gun uh, ranged, Joker's gonna find the weakness. So the one the first hard part is is finding harder enemies and then trying to find their weakness because they're bitch slapping you and you're constantly <laughs> you're you're one you're either doing little to no damage or you're getting like the the damage is getting blocked or even worse reflected back at you. God, I hate that. So so it's either that or and this is the one that really oh my god it's the tough enemies that don't have a weakness. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know. I, I ran and, into one of those. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that it didn't have a weakness until I fused and actually got it. Yeah. Because I was missing yeah. stuff. And this kind of, uh, this fourth palace gave me a lot of trouble because I actually fused away one of my personas that had oh. the weakness. And I didn't realize it until I was already in there and committed yeah. I wasn't going to leave and waste a day. Well, I guess technically yeah. I could have just gone back to the entrance because the thing's there. Yeah. Um, I may not have even had the money if I wanted to do that. But yeah. I didn't have the weakness item or weakness ability for the hardest enemy in the in the palace. Mm-hmm. Non, uh, non-boss non enemy. Yeah, that yeah. was bad. That was ugly. I actually ran away from fights when it would pop <laughs> up with this one enemy because I uh. knew if I fought it, it was going to be a war of attrition. You know, I'd be healing and attacking with what I could every round. And if something Mm -hmm. else spawned in with it, I noped out of there. Yeah. This game is definitely hindsight is 2020. It's going to be that way. I think it's going to be that way all the way until you beat it and go back in. Which, before we continue our general discussion, what? how do you feel so far about going back through this game again and doing a new game plus? Like, immediately. I've actually been thinking about that I would. And here, the way I would do it is, I think I'm, because I haven't looked things up in general. Like, I haven't looked Personas up. I haven't looked any enemy stuff up. I haven't done any of that. Uh, all I've looked up was uh, the various ways to raise social stats. Because I was curious yeah. about what gave how much, because it's kind of vague, you know? Yeah. And yeah. some things have a random chance of giving you more or less. Um, yeah. So I think that's one of the only things I looked up. I had, what was my other tab here, actually? Uh, I pulled up a laundry thing just to see if it was worth it, but because <laughs> I kept getting garbage stuff from the laundry map. Um, but, I mean, come to find out, that gets better as you progress, so... Mm-hmm. knowing which ones are worth it. But anyway, so I think I'm going to continue playing just like I am, not looking really mm-hmm. anything up, you know, brute forcing my way through the game. But then I'm thinking of doing a new game plus and actually looking a couple of things up or even, you know, based on, it'll mostly be based on what I've already learned from the first mm-hmm. playthrough. But mm-hmm. I'm thinking about going through it a second time and because I'm going to need to do it for achievements anyway, or trophies. So I'm probably going to follow more of a guide or maybe make it my own uh, personal guide for myself guidelines on how to progress um, to help optimize it. But I, I think I'm going to do it. I, I'm on, I'm willing to give some, I'm willing to give a little bit of leeway in this game for people looking shit up because there's so much fucking shit to keep Mm -hmm. track of. Holy shit, man. And the fact that, that that 
you can make mistakes that will make you lose half a day or half an entire day to an entire day. Yeah, I, I can give a little bit of leeway here and there where people look at some kind of shit up. But when, when me, when I beat this game, I'm looking at every fucking thing up in the sun and I'm, I'm destroying this game. Yeah, because I, I, I'm going to I'm going to go back through it and do a much more planned more methodical look at what I'm doing. Again, I'm 150 hours into this game and I'm not close to the end. I don't care. For me, I don't care. That's not a fucking like, it's not a mark against me and my opinion for myself. I like the fact that I'm getting 100 plus, 150 plus hours of this game already. What I want to know is where have I been fucking this up? Yeah. Like where, where, what things have I not been doing optimally? Like how am I not optimizing this? For me, it, it's not it's not that big a deal. But once I beat the game, the fucking gloves are off. <laughs> now it's time to go see what I was doing wrong. What, where where did I miss things at? But that was just something to think about. I, I I'm debating whether I'll, I'll, I'm gonna have to really see and decide once I actually beat the game. But I am I'm so fucking. I mean, I did it with uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, not Horizon Zero Dawn with well breath of the wild as soon as i beat breath of the wild i started a new game and went back through it and i kind of got the itch to do that one for this one too yeah and the fact that it has a new game plus makes me want to do it we shall see yeah but, but anyway anyway back on track so i was looking it up um trying to see what actually carries over i don't know if you've looked that up either no i haven't um, i was kind of waiting to uh surprise okay that. that's fine <laughs> it's yeah i wanna i wanna know okay it's interesting it's not i remember go ahead it's not everything but yeah it's enough that it's gonna make a huge different difference on time oh well, good i remember one of the worst no well, not one of the worst it's a bad way to say it because it's a good game uh <laughs> one of the surprising new game pluses for me was uh Lost Odyssey. Have did you ever play Lost Odyssey? I own it now. I, I told the story before I bought it, but it was a used mm-hmm. copy and it didn't work. That's right. But it was right. after the return period, so I never got to exchange it. Well, then maybe I don't want to say that thing because that may be a spoiler for uh. That's fine. The new game. As long as it's not like a story spoiler. Oh no 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 no! It's 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 the new game plus thing. Yeah. That's right. Um. Well, in New Game Plus for so again, I'm, I'm coming from a world. I, I always I boil New Game Plus shit back to Chrono Trigger, uh, Chrono Trigger and uh, uh, Dark Souls are my two New Game Plus uh, pillars. And Chrono Trigger, it's everything. You get your levels, you get your armor, your weapon, your items, your skills, everything. You just take the whole game, take you as a as as, as a character, mm-hmm. and place it into a brand new game from the start. Love that. Dark Souls does all that too, but <laughs> they scale the enemies to you. Right. So yeah, that's great. You're level fifty six. The enemies are harder now. Yeah. Which I love that. I also I love that. I'm a fan of that. Lost Odyssey. Their new game plus. So the the story of Lost Odyssey, for those that don't know, is it follow it's an RPG and it follows immortals. In total, in your party, in your in your group of people, there are I wanna say six immortals and the other four or five are regular mortals. Uh 
whenever you beat the game and go into New Game Plus, the which is a, it's a good thing. It's it, it it still gives like you said it gives you a clear advantage. But the only thing that carries over into New Game Plus is the immortal characters that that are in your party. Their level will be the same level when you beat the game. That's it. Your weapons, no. Armor, no. Magic skills, no. Gold, no. Your levels, yes, but only the immortal characters. So it, you still have a clear advantage. You're going to have your immortals in your party that are going to be fucking tanks. They're just going to bitch slap enemies left and right. But it's it's just a crazy design choice that I, I, I don't I haven't seen any other games mirror that or, or venture so far away from from a new game plus. Chrono Trigger, it's basically God mode for the for the first ten hours. Yeah. I mean, you you can't be touched. And Dark Souls says you thought you couldn't be touched, but we touched you, we killed you. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm I am holding Persona Five. I, I want that to surprise me mm. when it shows up. How the new game That's plus fair. is. So, real quick, I scroll down to the bottom of this uh, new game plus article where I was looking the stuff mm. up in, and you spoil the ending for yourself. No. But it has, uh, you know, related Persona 5 articles. And mm-hmm. one of them's title is Stop Making Me Go to Bed, Persona 5. I'm a big boy. <laughs> My God, that is so frustrating. I know we talked about it last week. It is still yes. frustrating. It is still annoying. Let me make yeah. lockpicks. I'm not that tired. It's not a lot of effort. Just let me make some lockpicks. That's it. Yeah. Hey, you can feed your plant. <laughs> oh wait, you you can only feed your plant every like every two fucking weeks. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I agree. There, there, it, it, it's so funny to see how how the shift has changed for me, especially now that I could just slap a palace out and no, and like it's mm-hmm. nothing. The the time in between palaces, it's it's rush rush rush. Like you're you're gonna have like five to six days total of storyline shit going on. And if you divide those days into half of the days, you're going to have, let's say 12 or 13, 12 to 15 times that shit's going to happen. And of those 15 times, you are only going to be in direct control, maybe three. So that sucks. Yeah. You, you're, you're going to feel that, Oh, I just want to do stuff, but I have to go to school. Oh no, the school scene's over. I have to go home. Oh no, now that I'm home, I got to go to sleep. That's why it is so imperative that th- this is this is the the most spoiler-free hint I will give to anybody and everybody. You need to find ways, make it a priority to optimize palace insert and leave as soon as you can in that game. Mm-hmm. Because once you knock the palace out, you don't have that deadline to go for it. Now, Chris, you you know as well as I do, if you really think about it, the palace is not really... Your, your management of your palace is going to be up to you. If you look at that calendar and you see that you have two and a half weeks and that deadline is two and a half weeks, common sense should dictate what you're doing. You know, you go into your first palace of the game and you spend... Remember, the days don't tick by when you're in a palace. You're going to have sessions, basically. It's going to be, it's almost going to be the equivalent to how many safe zones I can get to before I have to leave the palace. If, 
if you just keep doing shit, you know you have a two and a half week limit and you keep doing shit and doing shit and one week goes by and doing shit and doing shit and two weeks goes by and you only have like three days, you're really going to be pushing it to do it in those three days. I mean, that that's going to kind of fuck you. Yeah. You need to try your best to get in there and do as much as you possibly can and get out and be looking in the world for ways to optimize that. Find out what your holdups are that are making you leave the palace and be specifically looking for things that are going to make that a non-issue because they exist. I found them by accident and I was like, I was like, dude, game over, game over, because even now I still do the same thing. I use the I mean, the levels are kind of the same, so it doesn't really, really matter, but I use the palaces as my grind for XP and personas. I use the mementos as my gold grind and maybe and, and initially so personas. So is that still the case, even though you're this far in the game? For me? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because I... the Usually when I go into the palace... I haven't even checked the levels. I don't know, man. I, I may be above the the average level by mm-hmm. now because I. It's only right now, it's only right now I'm saying that because. I'm 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 fixing to go into a brand new dungeon so I can check my level as opposed to the levels of the enemies and what the general level is, right. what the accepted or average level of people going is, but typically. When I, when I go into palaces, I used to be really, really bad about getting all the enemies to a hold-up state and then getting getting money from them. Uh, then I realized that you get way more XP if you actually mm-hmm. kill them, so I stopped doing that. And, in, and if I wanted to get gold, I would get gold in the Mentos. I get... Money is also now a non-factor because of the the confidant levels that I have. I get a sh- number one. I get a I get more money than I normally get from taking money from an enemy. Right. I get that money up to three times now because I keep asking them for more money, and if they don't give me more, then I kill them anyway and still get money. <laughs> like it's it's ins- money has so much has become a non-issue now. And it's because, and I know it's the same for you, it's because you put time in getting social stats up and getting confidant levels up and getting more shit unlocked. That quality of life shit will sneak up on you and will make that game so much better for you. Yeah, I I don't even think mine's because of the social thing. I never ask for money anymore. I haven't since the second palace. Mm -hmm. Once I switched off hard mode... My money's been pretty good. I'm, I, you know, I don't, so I don't know how you do your upgrades. I don't upgrade guns. Yeah, I haven't upgraded my gun yet. I got the option to, but I, I haven't done it yet. Like I don't buy them from the shop. I don't do anything gun related. Um, when it comes to buying equipment, I buy weapons first, and then mm-hmm. I buy armor, and then I don't give a crap about guns. I'm still using Me, like good. Palace One guns. Yeah, and I I do it I do it a little bit backwards. I always get armor first mm-hmm. and then weapons. And yeah, same thing. Your ranged weapons don't mean jack. 
I mean, because <laughs> you know why they don't they don't mean, they don't mean anything. They're, they're there for one fucking purpose, and once they do that one purpose with that one thing, they're good. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what amount of damage you do, right? Unless unless you're actually unless you're actually trying to do damage to them. Which typically yeah. you're not because your holdup's going to do the work for you. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, but I I stopped asking for money. I don't do. I mean, I do holdups to do all all the attack, but I just kill everything because I don't feel that because the money you get from enemies is random. The yeah. same enemy will not give you necessarily the same amount back to back, or maybe three times in a row. Maybe you'll go back yeah. and forth between a high and low number or whatever, but it's not consistent. And I found that killing them gave me pretty close to the money anyway at least you know it's typically more than the bad role for them giving you money you know obviously mm-hmm. less than the good role on it but i also get more experience so i'm like okay i'm not gonna bother and i yeah. feel like since palace three i'm leveling super fast i feel like yeah um yeah. it's also a matter of what all you're spending your money on too because only a percentage of my money goes to armor and weapons a lot of mine goes to gifts. I've just actually there's there's actually a confidant that requires a fuck ton of money. There's there's two confidants actually that require a lot of money from you. So there's a necessity for me doing my money grind. Mm-hmm. It's not just to have it's not just to have money. Yeah, but I mean like what I'm saying is basically if I have to grind money, I just grind XP too. I just kill monsters yeah. and don't worry about it. It'll yeah. be about the same amount of time I feel so far what I've seen. Yeah. But I don't have, like you mentioned, you know, getting more money from holdups and stuff. I don't think I have that ability. Yeah, it's oh, it's, it's nice. It's there. There is a confidant it, that that you level that one. They, ha- I think he has one to two levels of. Yeah, you will get more money regardless whether you beat an enemy. Yeah. I mean, not when, if you ask for money, you get more than you normally would. Mm-hmm. Period. And then you can hold them up again, and then hold them up again, and get <laughs> so you get. Hey, let me have some money here. Here's four thousand. Here's forty two hundred gold. Hey, you can do better. Here's another forty two hundred. Hey, you can do better. Here's another forty two hundred. I mean, it's and yeah, the next guy may only give you nine, nine, and nine, but still, I make fucking stupid bank now. Now, I don't, again, it's not because I want to have more money than Chris. It's not because I want to have the most money on my fucking account on this game. It's because now. This is another thing in the game that doing the work has given me a quality of life thing that makes the game even easier. Right. My palaces are easier. My mementos are, e- are easier. Uh, the challenge now is just the social aspect. This, the challenge now is managing my daily life. And I like managing my daily life. I, I like doing these things. I like getting to the point where I, I'm not so fucking stressed about what I'm doing because I just I knocked the palaces out. And it's done. Now I can focus on what I want to do and how I want to yeah. do it. And you're going to want to do it. Oh, it's so good, man. It's so good. <laughs> I, I've been genuinely happy with all the hours I've been putting in it and continue to want to put into it. I, You know what? I also thought about this. Uh, actually, for whatever reason, I was thinking about what I was doing my laundry and deciding how I wanted to talk to you about P5 today. Another reason why I feel I want to go back in through the game is because we have an audio podcast and I, I wouldn't mind taking I sh- what I should be doing is like going through the game and taking actual notes of 
things that I enjoyed. I think I did this for another game that I think I did this for a Breath of the Wild thing. Pretty sure I took some sticky notes when we were talking about it, and they're just just rambling on about shit that I liked. That's happened all over the place in this game. The fact that it took fifty hours for me to get into this game that's that that's something that I, I can go back to that game and go, oh man, oh man, this is all the shit I wasn't even fucking paying attention to, and I, and or what I was seeing and playing and directly being involved with, but not being able to mentally commentate on it because I was so frustrated. So I would also like to go back to the game again and be like, oh, I wanted to talk about this. Mm -hmm. This was a cool thing that I completely fucking forgot about. There was shit in Kamoshito's Palace that that happened that I was like, hey, this is a really cool thing. (laughs) But I've I've forgotten because, one, I'm fucking 150 hours into the game. And two, there is so much stuff to do. There's so much stuff that I forget five things in in, in an actual physical day of playing. Yeah. So I have two questions for you of things that have, if they've happened to you. Okay. The first is, and this is particular to Palace 3, did you use the distraction? Use the distraction. Yeah. I'm going to say no, because this doesn't sound familiar. Okay. You know how in the first one you can send someone to do something? Oh, yeah. I've done that for all all of them. The third one? I didn't bother. I I think me, I was a little bit over leveled or something because it's like, hey, mm-hmm. do you want me to go do this? And I'm like, nah, he's almost dead. <laughs> yeah, I, I would imagine if you were, you know, yeah, you probably don't have to do it. But the fact that they take off such a significant chunk of, mm-hmm. of damage, I, I've been doing it for every one of them. Yeah, I mean, the fourth one is absolutely necessary. Um, yeah. I, I'd actually be surprised maybe if New Game Plus wouldn't struggle with it to a certain point. Um, But the other thing I was wondering, have you gotten an unexpected result from Fusion? No, No? I haven't. Interesting. Um, That is is something right there that it's been a disciplined thing for me. Mm -hmm. Yet another reason why I would like to go through New Game Plus is because I would... I know that I'm missing out on a lot of personas. There is a way... I could just go buy personas, fuse them, go, okay, I do or don't want that. Or you don't even really have to actually fuse them. You can just pull them up and it tells yeah. you what the result's going to be. But then you have to dismiss them if you don't want them. And buy. I could go back and forth and do a sh- – there is a lot of experiment. If you want to do this, folks, there is a lot of persona experimentation you can do with this game. And I am kind of I'm, – I'm, I guess I'm lazy. I don't know. <laughs> it's not that that – it's not at all that persona and that persona fusion fusion is boring to me. It's that that there's so much other stuff I want to do in the game. I, I spend the a decent amount of time where I am. I, I spend a decent amount of time in the velvet room enough to get my shit done mm-hmm. and I leave. Here's my So I would like to go back to New Game Plus so I can go, okay, I'm going to a guide and I want to see how to get these things. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Here's my favorite thing about the velvet room. Mm -hmm. The fact that you actually control which version of persona you have registered. Yes. Which abilities, what level that is awesome because I'm at the point where I was like, I don't want to fuse my stuff because they have great abilities from already being fused. You know, I've got my 
ice guy who has wind on him as well and healing. So mm-hmm. he's awesome. He's also yeah. level 19 and I'm level 34, but he's awesome. <laughs> you can mix and match abilities to the I uh, that's this is another because we put the work in. Now I had this quality of life thing. I have my personas now to where I choose my personas based on the confidants I want to go fuck with at that during that week. I don't have to worry about abilities any longer because I fuse them and bring uh, ones over. And if I can't, I have another persona that already has those abilities and I bring him into the fold. Yeah. Like I, I will. Okay. I'm going to be messing with this confidant for a while. I want to pull this persona out because that's going to give me a boost. And then having the character in there gives me a boost to the persona. If I level him up, mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about, Oh man, I, I don't want to lose that persona because he has the wind. I have four fucking personas that have wind. But then even if you do <laughs> use it, though, you can just go buy another one. Exactly. So it's, it's really not an issue unless you're dead broke, which I was after buying those accessories, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, look, I bought I bought one that was the max. And, of course, I put that on Joker. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you need to have you need to be the one getting getting the most back from this from this item. Right. And I had, because I've spent so much money, I had the, like the first tier to give to the other two people. And those are the, I mean, the other key, just the three characters that I had in my party. Right. So I went down to, I spent a, a, not a day in real life, but I just spent a good about a time in mementos and just ground out a bunch of money and came out and went, I'm buying the max that I can buy right now for every fucking character. Yeah. Don't care what the other accessories (laughs) do anymore. Yeah. And now I have the ability to swap out party members, even in battle, back and forth. Oh, so wow. that's, it's actually good that I have that. I don't have that yet. Now, oh, I'm, I'm telling you, the, uh, this is this is so many pro tips you and me could give. You and I could give people to play this game. Work on your confidants. Find out what the confidants do. I wouldn't. I don't know. I don't know if I'd make the argument of where go go look up a guide and find out what they build up. But you need to pay attention to what the confidants are actually increasing. Yeah. And when you find the ones that are increasing things that are important to you, keep focusing on them. And it's gr- it's great to do shit with all of your people, especially the people that are in your party. But there are confidants that are not in your party, and they are going to give you some fucking quality of life shit the further you build them so do some personal homework and research and stick to those until you max them out or until you've got what you want on them because they it is worth it it is very important for quality of life yeah and if you're like me and not actually looking things up to that point in game it will actually tell you what the next ability you will unlock is so Mm -hmm. if you're Mm -hmm. you know rank four with the confidant you can hit the D-pad to the right when you're looking at it and go, okay, what's next? Or something like that. Yep. So you're like, okay, I don't need that. Or it's not a big deal. You know, I'll go work on this other one instead. So yep. even in game, you have ways of making decisions like that to help out. Uh, to tell you the truth, man, I think uh, Persona 5 was actually all of my gaming week. I've actually <laughs> had a very busy uh, like personal life week this week. And I will be for the duration of this weekend and next week. I think my first day off is probably going to be 
if I can take the day off, I'm going to try to take like Thursday and Friday off and make a four day weekend out of it. But it's, it's just one of those times where I'm working from Monday till next Friday. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's just been a busy week. I had, uh, I, I got to tell some other things I did. I just, I got <laughs> some personal, I got some personal upgrade shit in my life. I got, uh, another TV. I, I now f- officially have an actual fucking 4K ultra high definition television. Okay. And I have a PlayStation 4 Pro, so I have a actual console that can utilize the mm-hmm. 4K TV, which I know people are saying, well, hey, you have a PC, that's what's going to use it. I mean, it will, but <clears throat> the f- playing PlayStation 4 games in Ultra HD is, is actually fairly nice. Mm-hmm. It was. It's not. It's a bigger TV and it's 4K compatible. So now I don't have to worry about 4K being an issue until 8K rolls around the corner. I'm like, well, fuck me. I mean, I can't fucking. I can't win here. Yeah. Uh. Now I have my PlayStation 4 and my wife has her PlayStation 4. I bought her a copy of P5 because she wanted it, <laughs> and now we both have it. So now nice. she can play at her leisure and I can play at my leisure. Um. Yeah, I helped a, I helped my uh, brother in law with a uh, PlayStation. Uh, sorry, an Xbox One issue. He got a new Xbox One. It was having it was having an issue where he he fucking unboxed it, plugged it in, hooked it up, hooked the Ethernet up, everything, turned it on, started doing the initial uh, the initial setup, and had this fucking issue. It was it was it would like try to recognize his Xbox One controller, but it wouldn't. Mm-hmm. It would just throw it. it. It would like, it would sink to it and then act like it didn't sink, and it, he couldn't go anywhere. So I had to do this fucking, I had to do this backward fucking troubleshooting shit where I would, I would use a, I would use the actual cable and plug the controller in, and I would notice that the screen that he was trying to get to that actually had options to do something would flash for like a second. So I would unplug it, and that screen would flash up again. So I kept plugging and unplugging <laughs> this controller and quickly looking at the options and then using the controller really quick to navigate exactly where I had to go. Real fucking pro-tier shit, man. <laughs> I had like a quarter of a second visual and input time. Man, I need to go to GDQ, man. I'm fucking ready now. I was doing frame-perfect <laughs> inputs to get this Xbox One to work. Uh-huh. It's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and I, I would imagine that my time, uh, what little bit of free time I'm going to have in the afternoons until I get off either next weekend or or, or have my four-day weekend like I want, it's going to be playing P5. I'm, st- I'm still in it. I'm liking the story. I'm liking the game. I'm loving the game. Uh, can't fucking lie about that. It's, it's fun. It's great. I'm enjoying it. And I do have plans to go through New Game Plus. We'll just have to see how life is whenever that time rolls around. I don't think... I'm pretty sure I'm going to be beating this game within the next week or two. But I do have a... I did uh, pre-order a copy of God of War for PlayStation 4. So when that does drop, I will be playing When that. does that I come out? That I think... I want to say that's May. Okay. So that's a way so, okay. away. Plenty of time. Yeah, 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 plenty, plenty of time, and that one I I actually can't wait for. I th- that is a trailer that I have I've I love that trailer, yeah. man. 
for so many fucking reasons. I think that is a damn good game trailer. I think that is a good movie cinematic. Mm-hmm. I love everything about that trailer, man. Yep. You hear no objections from me. You see, God of War. I, like, I should know this. I have the fucking game pre-order. but uh, You know what, see. though? The way I do it this? is when there's a game I know I'm going to play, I pre-order it so I don't have to care. Yeah. I like to forget about it. I like it to be a surprise mm-hmm. again, es- especially if it's way in the future and I won't know. Like, yeah, this game's going to be six months down the road. Okay, cool. That way I just get a call. They go, hey, your game's here. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, this uh, God of War actually comes out April 20th. So that's okay. it's not too not far too bad. away. It's yeah. only two months away. Less than two months away. Once I get uh, my first paycheck, I need to go pre-order that. Yeah. And I'm very interested for this because... Maybe I'm um, may I think Horizon Zero Dawn has like a Ultra HD mode in it. Mm, yes, I believe so. Maybe I'm looking for games that will utilize this 4K thing because I have a mm-hmm. 4K TV. I have a PlayStation 4, which is 4K. Now I just need the games to pump the 4K out, and I want to say the new God of War will. So that'll be that'll be a very good experience. Aside from the game itself being as hopefully as good as it looks yeah it's always nice when you have a game that already looks nice at its base you know 1080p format and then you throw it on 4k and it's even better or even just on the ps4 pro it's better and then a ps4 pro with 4k even even better yes yes and again just just so we're clear this is not a selling point for me I don't have to have a PS4. I'm just mm-hmm. or a PS4 Pro and a 4K. I'm just at a point in my life right now where I can afford those things. Yeah. But I don't. I I would I would probably pick a lower graded version if it was a cheaper version. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not that critical to me. But it is if I'm going to experience it, I want to experience it. You know right. what I mean? It's I'm either all in or I'm not in at all. Yeah. No habits. It's right, right. It's just not a deal breaker. I kind of feel bad in a way, uh, just a little, talking a little more on P5 because there are so many other games for like that I had bought for Steam that I have in my wish list for Steam. I installed somewhere in the neighborhood of ten games around the time I, I bought P5 and started <laughs> playing it. I have not touched a single one of yeah, them. Yeah, that's probably the only thing that will keep me from doing a new game plus if I don't will be, okay, not only am I looking at these seven games sitting on my desk for PS4 alone, not counting the digital downloads I have waiting, I have a lot of other games waiting for me too. Yes, so yes. Uh, I made a I made a small buying spree and bought a shit ton of play of uh, Steam games, and they're all there. They're all ones that I were on my wish list and want to <laughs> play, and I, I will get to them. Again, it's it's it it's, it makes me kind of sad that I'm not playing those other games but i will get to them and they're video games man they're not going anywhere yeah it's it's more the heartache lies more to the backlog heartache than the (laughs) i'm not doing the right thing heartache yeah the the backlog heartache is an ever increasing the eternal struggle hurtful it is a hurtful soul destroying thing (laughs) for a gamer because your backlog does nothing but increase yeah and increase and sometimes it increases with games you really want to play 
or 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 your friends or family or reviews or whatever are like you need to play this game and you're like oh man i guarantee you there are playstation one generation games that people would hang me if they heard i hadn't played it yet my 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 backlog extends so far man Mm -hmm. Uh, that's not. I'm not bragging. I'm not saying that I'm. A, oh, I'm. I'm worse than anybody else. I'm just saying. I have to work for a living. Chris has to work for a living. We have. We have. You know. We have loved ones. We have things to do besides video games, and they take away time. My retirement, bruh. When I retire, I'm gonna be so fucking. Oh my god. I think a good twenty years of my retired life is gonna be half raising children and half knocking out games (laughs) to the degree i will say chris when when i am 50 years old i think then i i will let you come to me and be like bro why did you beat this game yet (laughs) bro why did you play this game you don't work (laughs) yeah no excuse now yeah yeah right now i do what i can with what time i have and unfortunately that time is all revolving around p5 this is this is nothing new. I mean, last year around this time, my time was all revolving around uh, Breath of the Wild, and I've still got Horizon Zero Dawn. I've got I've got all the other games I was talking about like three episodes ago. Right now, it's Persona Five. Yeah, yeah. I uh, mm. you know we're talking about money. I actually start uh, my first day of my new job Monday, and funny enough, I got another offer letter from somewhere else. What? So it's one of those things, you know, I go eight months looking for a job, can't find one. And then all of a sudden I have two offers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. The The only other last bit of thing I had in my week, not game related, really small thing. Uh, have you ever had, I'm sure you've had, have you ever had any, uh, any Thai food? Sure. Yeah. I have never had um I'm trying to think of what what is the what is the noodle thing? Uh, oh, <laughs> you're that's a very vague question when you're talking about any sort <laughs> of Asian cuisine. A, I just threw you all into the ocean and said, Hey, find me this fucking rock at the on the bed, my friend. Uh pho. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, okay. Pho. I've never I've never had pho. And technically, what we had at this place wasn't pho anyway. It was uh, God. I have to look this place up now. I had I, my wife and I went to an Asian restaurant, and I had what looked like pho. It was basically fucking ramen 2.0. <laughs> they were thick noodles, lots of vegetables, actual chunks of meat in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had a flavor and all that, and I wasn't impressed. I didn't dis. I, I felt like I felt about P five back in the day. I just wasn't. Imp- <laughs> I wasn't impressed. So I'm, I'll probably have to go back and explore the menu a little more. But I make the distinction between where we went and the first time I had Greek food. Mm-hmm. Granted, my first Greek dish was a gyro, which is a very basic, that's basically right. the fucking hamburger of Greek food. But I was like, oh shit, where has this food been all my life? <laughs> the first time I had Korean food, I had uh, beef bulgogi. Mm. And that was like, oh, the, 
where the fuck has this been all my life? We went to this place and eh, I was like, eh, this food yeah, filled me up. One of the worst parts of moving is trying to find new takeout places. So we're, we uh, had Chinese a couple of nights ago and it's one of those things where I'm like, all right, what am I going to try? Eventually mm-hmm. get to something I like. Cause I found a couple things that I really liked at the, a new place we actually went to before we moved, mm-hmm. but I'm not impressed so far. I got a, I got a curry chicken um, with onion or whatever. And I, I'm not a big vegetable person, so I don't like onions or peppers or anything of the like. And eating yeah. Asian food in general, that tends to be a struggle, especially with Chinese. Like, I love pepper, pepper steak. I don't like the pepper part of it. I like the flavor of the steak <laughs> and the sauce, but I do not like the peppers themselves. Um, yeah. So I ordered this curry chicken, and it is almost all onions. There's like six little pieces of chicken in the whole container. So I'm like, all right, I picked around and ate what I liked out of it. I'm still hungry. I feel like I ate nothing. So it's a struggle of finding a decent meal. That's not all veggies. Yeah. So I looked this place up because I can't remember shit. Mm -hmm. For those that don't, for those that don't know, I don't have a memory. The memory that I have sucks very Mm -hmm. bad. True. My wife and I went to a restaurant in close to our home. Uh, it's called uh, VK Noodle House. It's it's a Vietnamese restaurant. And the meal that I had was it was a bowl of noodles. It was a, it was a beef noodle soup. Uh, pretty much a pho. Uh, it was an egg and rice. It was an egg and rice noodle soup. Okay. Uh, bowl. It had egg or uh, rice noodles. I had uh, rice, uh, sorry, egg noodles mm-hmm. with barbecue pork and shrimp. Uh, this is the only thing that I've tried Vietnamese that I can recall like clearly. I, if I've had Vietnamese food before this, I, I I really couldn't tell you. Again, when I had a hero, the hero stuck out to me. Right. These noodles didn't stick out to me. So I'll leave it to the audience. If there's any Vietnamese dish you can think of that general Vietnamese restaurants may have, and I should definitely give it a try. I don't know. We're going to go back eventually, and I'm going to try something else. I'd like to give at least three things off a menu before I just say, eh, it's yeah. not for me. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I mean, she had she had her own food. She had a bowl of noodle stuff as well, but she also had some type of, it was damn near like a, kind of like a taco style thing. Hmm. Uh, or it, just, it was fucking bread with stuff right. stuffed in it. It was, it was, it was pretty good. But uh, the first time for me going out of my way to try uh, Vietnamese, I was... Yeah, I was very middle ground with it. That that's about it for my week for anything that's quote unquote interesting. A lot of <laughs> P five and mediocre noodles, I guess. Yeah, I did a lot of paperwork for starting my new job. That's, mm-hmm. That took a portion of my time. Um, I didn't do a whole lot D and D related this week because we weren't playing until this weekend. So yeah. tomorrow morning I'll be hitting that. You know, to make sure I have everything prepared for the weekend. Um, yeah. That's about it. Oh, by the way, I meant to ask, did you watch any D&D? You talked about it last no, week. No, no, okay. I haven't yet. I've got those. I've got a note saved somewhere with a few things to try out. Okay. Uh, if, if I, I better still have that somewhere. <laughs> you can always uh, message I me. Actually, yeah, I, I'll, I may have to because I actually had my... I was ha- I've been having a, a sporadic issue here and there where I will put my computer to sleep. And then when I wake it up, it freezes. 
hmm. to the point where I no blue screen. I can't do anything. There's no power. Input. I literally have to unplug the PC. And I think that may have happened at one point. And the notepad that I had open uh, with those notes in it probably got demolished. Yeah. So uh, I it's in my it's in my right now as far as videos because I know you know mm-hmm. I'm always doing two things at once. I'm playing P5 on one screen and on the other screen I'm always watching something. The other screen I'm I've been watching uh, GDQ. I've got of the. 50 something videos I saved from them. I've got maybe about 15 left. Okay. So maybe once I get done with that, the next thing I, I need to go back to is watching the D pad play through the, uh, their legendary let's play, which is them playing every Zelda. They're doing legit let's plays mm-hmm. for every Zelda and they have all their let's plays for every Zelda. It's good. God, four or 500 hours worth of <laughs> shit to watch. So yeah, that's yeah. kind of how I am with the D and D stuff. Watching a Critical Role right now, and I totally forgot about it. And th- th- this this doesn't apply to everything you watch on YouTube, but I totally forgot about the speed up function. <laughs> so as of today, I am now to the point where I'm watching Critical Role at 1.25 speed. 1.5 is a little too fast for the dialogue. Um, it's yeah, not a very yeah. visual thing. It's all audio, so it runs together too much. But I'm now mm. watching it at 1.25 because, man, is there so much content. And, yes. and there's a lot of times where, to be fair, you know, they're like, okay, they're doing their roles and stuff, so there's no audio at all anyway. Or they're, you know, just BSing while someone's looking something up or whatever. So I'm not missing anything. And they talk at a normal pace. So speeding up to 1.25 doesn't speed it up too bad. Um, they're all yeah. understandable, uh, but I'm on now. I right before you called me on Skype, I was starting episode 32, or video 32. I, actually, mm-hmm. I think it's technically video 33, but it's episode 32 because there was a yeah. interlude thing. But are yeah. this one split into whatever? But each one of them's like three hours long at least, if not four. And there are 141 of them or something like that. So I've got a bit to go and I don't have time to watch them at normal speed. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this is a, this is a pro tip for our audience for anything, anything video or audio related there. If you can find some way to speed it up, a a good example is also audio books. If you don't have a, if you have a long commute, but even even if you have a long commute, you want to go through audiobooks faster. Just find a play method on your player or your stereo to increase the speed, the playback speed. It doesn't garble it like you think it would. It does if you go to a crazy amount. And yeah. I agree. Usually, one point two five for me has been a sweet spot. And you wouldn't think one point two five is faster or that much faster. But it is. I mean, in it's long run. 25% faster. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And yeah, uh, 1.5 gets a bit too much for me. That yeah. Everything gets a little bit too much. But yeah, it's, uh, it's something. I will get with you around about the time that I stop or finish my GDQ, provided I don't go back and get some more. Because uh, you know how GDQ works, man. I, I, for me, I will pick out games that I am interested in. Mm-hmm. And then as I'm watching GDQ, they'll be like, oh, yeah, this game, which you don't care about. We actually did a four-way relay race with it. I'm like, oh, I'm going to fucking watch yeah. that. All Hell of a yeah. sudden, it's more interesting. 
Exactly, exactly. So, uh, before I dive back into the D-Pad, D-Pads Legendary Let's Play, I may go ahead and kick up. I, I, I have a feeling that the D&D thing may be a fucking dive into a well, though. <laughs> yeah, depending how you feel about it, it certainly could be. Um, yeah. There are some that, I mean, it's hit and miss. Uh, mm-hmm. Depending on what style of player you want to watch, there is actually one where I loaded it up and I was interested in the game play aspect of it, but they were all brand new players. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, I don't expect everybody to know everything from episode one, but there's a certain base level of knowledge that is expected, especially if you're going to be doing something that's recorded or streamed. Yeah. You know, do your basic research. Um, mm-hmm. And they didn't do that. So it was a very 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 painful and very slow and it's kind of one of the things where i could just skip ahead but then who knows what i'm missing story-wise exactly Eh, so i just skipped over them and you know i can't even remember what it is now but i might stumble across them again once i'm caught up on critical role and i have you know i'm looking for something else i have found through all through the magnitude of YouTube videos that I watch, when it comes to LPs, specifically LPs, I tend to only watch the ones that have at least two people together. Mm-hmm. Uh, an example, another, not another, an example is the D pad. The D pad has somewhere in the neighborhood of like seven total members. Typically, it's two people. It's typically it's two to three people in an episode with one person always being there and the other two is like one is usually a mainstay and they may ha- or they may have another guy. Right. In any event, they always have at least two people. However, there there are episodes and I mean episode stints like 3 4 6 7 8 at a time where either I guess they're like maybe they were recording a session and then in the middle of the session there one of the guys had to go somewhere for a while so it would just turn to be one the episodes where it's just one person, I tend to skip all those. Mm-hmm. And that's not just the D-pad. It's usually for anyone where, hell, th- there's fucking two best friends play. When I see the LPs where it's just Matt or just Wooly, I tend to not watch those. I kind of feel bad, but I get more entertainment out of at least two people. The more the, more the merrier for me. Right. Just a random thing I thought I'd uh, tell the audience about that they probably don't don't fucking care about. <laughs> Today, this episode is sponsored by Halo. <laughs> Today's topic: we are going to be going over the Halo series. Yeah, the we entire, are. The entire series. Now, this is going to be one of those episodes where it's going to be Chris heavy because I don't really play halo i don't really know shit about it so uh take it away chris and i'll see you in an hour right uh really though where did you have you kept up with it or did you kind of taper off with it um i tapered off with it okay yeah yeah we we don't really have a structure of how we're going to talk about these series and reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're just going to, it's almost like we do every other episode <laughs> about a topic. We're just going to fucking talk and gush and 
reminisce. If you think about it, a lot of our episodes are just memories. Yeah. <laughs> which which is fine. I mean, we have a lot of a lot of good memories in gaming. Yeah, so um go ahead. Halo. Man, it's a uh, that this is one of those franchises that you can talk to just about anyone to a certain extent and they'll be like, "Oh yeah, that's that game." You know, it's yeah. the, you know, Xbox is Mario or yeah. something like that where you've got this mascot so to speak who everybody knows and will relate at least to video games, if not the console specifically. Um, and it's been a interesting adventure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Different developers, uh, even different styles of games at times. Mm-hmm. Um, the offshoots. It's It's been a very interesting series if you look at it as a whole. And it's had its up and downs. Um depending on you know what parts you like what parts you didn't like and you know whether or not those stayed or went Uh, so i think how about you start off with halo one sure so for timeline's sake for the uh for the nerdy aspect of this (laughs) Uh, Halo started way back in the day. I say way back in the day. Maybe for the younger kids, this is way back in the day. This is half back in the day for me. <laughs> uh, so Halo. Yep. First person shooter console. A first person console shooter game. This was originally back on the original Xbox. And I'm talking about when it first came out. Mm-hmm. It was first released. Uh, Halo Combat Evolve was the actual title. Came out in November fifteenth of two thousand and one. Oh man, what a time this was back then! Yeah. This was the so third, fourth, fifth generation of consoles, and so the the first person shooters genre in consoles as as in general they existed, mm-hmm. but. I've I've always made the argument that yes, Goldeneye. Goldeneye is a super popular first person shooter. And yes, lots of people know about it. Yes, lots of people have played it. Many people have. Millions of people have. But for me, I make the comparison that Final Fantasy VII did for RPGs. Well, let me say it the other way around. <laughs> Halo did for first person shooters what Final Fantasy VII did for RPGs. Halo put first-person shooters on the map. They put... Halo put games up in the the bright light of the world Mm -hmm. again, even more than it already had been. Halo became an icon. Master Chief became an icon. Oh, yeah. And whether you agree or disagree that this game means something, that it was a good video game, because, oh, God, you know, when first-person <laughs> shooters were coming to consoles and becoming a big deal, of course, all the PC ah, were coming around going, oh, God, wait a minute. Ah, guys can't fucking have our first-person shooters. They're they're better over here. On the We know that. But you cannot deny what Halo did. For first-person shooters in general, I mean it. Th- for whatever reason, Master Chief blew the fuck up. Yeah. I mean, it, be- it became a very, a very big deal in the gaming world as a whole. Now, 
what did it do different for the first person shooter genre at all? I I would have to go back and play the game in comparison to what first person shooters were out there. Uh, Xbox original Xbox had Xbox Live, correct? No, it did not. It did not. Not, not no, okay. I think it came later, like at the very end of its life cycle, and that's only because a 360 had it or was going to have yeah. it. Um, mm-hmm. I think it actually came to 360 before it came to Xbox. Yeah. Something like that. It was an odd timeline thing. Yeah. Well, for so I can't really say the multiplayer aspect because, yes, the old Xbox had... Uh, the old Xbox had four controller ports, but mm-hmm. the Nintendo 64 did as well. It would be hard to pinpoint a actual reason why this game blew up as much as it did, but it did. It became a phenomenon. Maybe the fact that Master Chief in general was a person, you know, you could put a face to the Halo game. Well, so to know? speak. Yeah. You've still yeah, never yeah. actually seen his face, I don't think. I think exactly. you've seen his eyes. Yeah, That's I it. think so. Um, I think one part of its success is probably because it was a launch title for the Xbox. And yeah. with the Xbox Xbox itself being what it was at the time, um, mm. being a launch title for that console probably boosted a lot more than if it had released later on. Yeah. I think that helped it a ton. Mm-hmm. Plus, you also had early vehicle combat. I, th- I want to say Unreal Tournament games had vehicles too, but I'd have to check that. Don't know. Th- there were there were many reasons why, but Halo became very popular. Halo blew up in the world, especially with fir- in the first-person shooter world. Mm-hmm. For me, little old Michael back in the day, uh, I was deployed. Well, I wasn't deployed. I was a late bloomer when it came to the Xbox. The, the Halo, if we're just looking at Halo, this released back in 2001. Uh, my first experience with Halo was when, was when I was deployed to the desert for the first time. So this was 2000, late 2003. I was way behind the curve. I've always been that way with, with consoles. It's they've, already, they've, they've usually been released after a certain time. I think the Switch is actually, the Switch has been out for probably about eight months now mm-hmm. since it went... When I bought mine, it already been out for eight months. But it's, I, I, I don't think there's been a console that's been like, hey, the console's out and I buy it immediately. The late blooming aspect of the Xbox and Halo for me was it was just a normal day of business. I had heard about Halo through word of mouth, but this was also at a time where the internet was just starting. Not starting, but starting to ramp up also in popularity becoming a mainstay, becoming a source of access for information, being a pipeline of information. So most of my knowing of the Xbox and Halo was through magazines and and word of mouth, maybe seeing it in commercials and stuff. I knew what Halo was. I just didn't understand the gravity of what it was. When Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, just 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 get making a comparison. When this game got up to the millions, it became this huge fucking mammoth deal. You know about it. I knew about it. Everybody knew about it because we have the internet. We have social media surrounding us. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're getting two to three ads up in your Facebook newsfeed. Hey, hey, hey. Player, un- 
Player Unknown Battleground is a big deal. PUBG is a big deal. When Halo came out back in the day, it was a big deal. You just didn't have the gigantic, massive pipeline of internet social media around you to flood to flood you with with it being a big deal. So I was deployed to the desert. Uh, my first person experience had went from at this point in my life had gone from doom that's and that's doom for the super nintendo oh yeah oh yeah doom for the super nintendo and playstation uh golden eye and perfect dark and quake 3 arena which was my first online first person shooter experience when you go from any of those games i mentioned to quake 3 arena you got the fucking gas pedal pushed down to the floor quake 3 arena was a fast twitchy shooter game i did not survive that well in quake in quake 3 arena i did my best i had some fun but oh my god it's run 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 die run spawn run run no timers no i mean you did have timers but it was like three two one go it was such a fast paced first person shooter game and that was my first introduction to playing this with other people I mean, a massive amount of people. Right. So I was deployed to the desert and I had the ability to get an Xbox and I had to handpick my games. I had, I forget where I, how I bought them back in the day, but I had some Xbox games sent to me and none of them were Halo because again, I just, I had heard about it, but I didn't know what it, it was. It was echo around me. I didn't know what a big deal that it was. Right. I didn't realize what such a huge thing that Halo was. And one of the guys in our company decided to hold a Halo tournament. Again, I've never played Halo. I, I've at, at this point, I don't even know if I held an Xbox controller. I'm, I'm pretty sure the first the Halo tournament that I participated in was the first time I ever had a Xbox controller in my hand. Cause it wasn't until <laughs> after that, that I actually got to buy my own Xbox mm-hmm. due to, you know, being in the fucking desert in a wartime situation and Xbox is getting shipped to uh, base exchanges was kind of rough. So anyway, he, he held this Halo tournament and I kind of, understood this was my initial okay this is a big deal because he made the sign-in roster for like 30 people and had a sheet next to it for alternates we had an entire sheet of alternates <laughs> mind you this was this was put up in a public area it was put up in like a like a dining facility type area so anybody on that base right. in the desert so this was so far removed this was a bunch of military soldiers from all over the country that were coming together and, and putting their name in small print on this paper to say, I want to be in this tournament. If you put up another bracket, put me in. I w- I'm, th- I'm this far up the list. I mean, it, it was a big fucking deal. And I remember looking at this thing going, damn, the bracket's full. And the fucking fill out, the extra sheet is full. This must be a pretty good game. So I put my name in it. and I, well, I, mean, I was one of the first ones to put my name in it because I was there when he put it up. And I was like, yeah, I've never played it, but I mean, I've played Goldeneye and I've played some, I've played Quake. I mean, I'll give it a try. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to win. I'm not going to do any good at all because I'm not the greatest at first person shooters. I do, I'm an, I'm an average guy when it comes to first person shooters. 
uh, played the tournament, and I got all the way to the semifinals, and I was beat out by the guy that won the tournament. The guy that won the tournament had Halo since the Xbox was released. Mm -hmm. So I was understandably whooped by him. But the fact that I was the guy that made it to the fucking semifinals was a pretty big deal for me. Yeah. That, that quote unquote tournament hype also fed into me wanting to play Halo. Uh, I had, again, I had never held an Xbox controller in my hand until that tournament. I, this was totally a fucking, just a whim. Hey, I've never been in a game tournament before. I play video games. Sure, why not? I'll play in this tournament. And I made it to the fucking semifinals. I specifically remember... I don't... I can't... I can never get this right. I think, Goldeneye, you started that game inverted. I think. If it wasn't that, maybe it was Halo that you started inverted. Halo does. Hey, okay. Because I had to change it every time. Gotcha. Well, in either way, that was not set up correct for me. I was used to it always being when I press this. I can I can hear them. I can hear the email coming in because you can hear email. You know, I press up on my stick. I want my character to look down. I, I've always been that way, and I want to say I've, I want to say it was Goldeneye that started that. I've, I've got it in my head that Goldeneye started that. Because it was there was an issue that when I first played in the tournament, that was the opposite, and I was not controlling myself correctly. Right. And also, the actual control setup, like if I think my left, if my left, my left stick, if I turn left, it I want my character to turn left. Right. If I push left on my right stick, I want him to strafe right. Either way. For whatever reason, the control scheme that I was given on default for Halo was nothing like I was used to <laughs> with Goldeneye. And I was like, oh, fuck. And they're like, three, two, one, go. The match started, go. And I'm like, I don't, I can't. <laughs> I can't. And I still managed once I, and I, I felt, they kind of felt sorry for me. So they, they kept pausing and. I hated it, but I was that guy that was like, guys, I need to go back to the settings because this is not the right one. I had to go through those settings until I found <laughs> I, I want to say it was Southpaw Legacy is the one I used to work with. Okay. Once I finally found the control setup that matched me, I was good to go. And apparently I did good enough because I made it this. And again, this is no fucking tournament. No, I mean, it's no money, no trophy. I have all it is is me in a, in a desert with a bunch of guys, and I made it to the semifinals. It was, it was a cool thing. I did get Halo shipped to me <laughs> as soon as I got my Xbox and played it a shit ton in the desert in all my free time. I played every different... I pretty much, I, I guess you could quote unquote, I 100%ed that game because I played it through Legendary mm -hmm. all on my own. Had a good time. Lots of fun. Lots of fond memories with the Halo games that I played, period. I, there are ones that I have not played, so I can't speak for all the games, but I can't think of a negative experience I've had with Halo. And that started with the very first one. Yeah. I actually liked the story of Halo back in the day. I liked the whole flood aspect. Mm -hmm. 
I liked uh, I liked the fact that you never saw John Spartan's face. I, I liked his. I like how he spoke. He had very little dialogue, and everybody else around him talked for him. I like the presence that Master Chief had. Yeah, this is he. Go ahead. And I've talked about this before, but the Halo universe is probably my single favorite video game universe, and probably overall one of my favorite just in general you know, books included. Uh, I, I've read all the books and when you play Halo, you get that, you know, presence and all that. It's done very well. But then if you read the books that take place before the games, in between the games, etc., it adds so much more to it. Uh, I, and this is not, I'm not, I'm not shitting on your opinion. I'm just, I'm, I'm letting, telling you mine. I would have totally been comfortable with picking the Halo universe as one of my favorite sci-fi style universes because I as well, I've only read a couple, but I did read some of the extended universe as well, the, the actual books, mm-hmm. and I liked it. Uh, I enjoyed them. I would say that those were my, that would be my favorite until I played Mass Effect. When Mass Effect came out, I was like, oh, wow. Mass Effect's pretty fucking, pretty deep, pretty wide when it comes to sci-fi and, uh, you know, outer space style storylines, but Halo's good. Halo's damn good. It's it's not nothing to shake a fist. Yeah. Not nothing to shake a stick at. It's it, it's worth it's worth your time playing through. the The problem with Halo is that it became a victim of its success for me. Yeah. Uh, th- this game got pushed everywhere, and you had so much fucking backlash from the PC environment. <laughs> uh. Master Chief became a fucking meme, and he, the, the, as, as cool as a fucking character as he is, he became, he started getting shitted on, and he became a meme character. But when you, when you sit down and talk to gamers that have played the Halo series and that actually enjoy them, that's a good series, man. That That's a good character. That's a good story. Mm-hmm. Everything about the Halo universe. Now, that's just me talking about Halo 1. Uh, played the game for the first time in the desert, went to a tournament, got the game on my own, played it for hours and hours and hours. I beat it on, actually I beat it on Legendary twice when I was overseas just because I, I played it so much. Brought it home, uh, made some new friends, started playing it locally in, in a land type setting. Uh, Chris was also involved in this yep. many, many times. Uh, so from... Uh, not not only the single player aspect getting getting many 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 hours maybe not as much as GoldenEye but up up rapidly approaching the hour count of GoldenEye also having the multiplayer aspect behind it fueling even more hours of gameplay and getting more enjoyment out of out of it from me I definitely enjoyed Halo One had a good time with it and it was the start of this series for me it was the start of the multiplayer lifestyle of shooting of shooters for me chris what about you and halo one so i don't actually think i played halo one until those land things started where i started joining uh-huh. you guys i believe i played halo one and two around the same time uh-huh. i think i because i'm looking at when they came out and i don't know when i got an xbox it may have been after I graduated, you know, when I went, got in the military and had my military pay, I remember buying the Halo 3 360, but my original Xbox, I 
only had a couple games for it and or I may have had like four games for it and two of them were Halo and Halo 2. Mm-hmm. So I think I didn't even play Halo until then. Unless, I don't know. I don't know when I would have gotten an Xbox because I was playing and I looked at the timeline to see how it worked out. I was playing PS2 heavily then. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So I, I think I was late coming to Halo. I knew what it was. I think I might have played with friends maybe at their house, you know, in high school. But mm-hmm. I don't recall owning the console until we saw our land nights. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I enjoyed it from the start. You know, I, the, yeah, the, the overall, like you said, the presence, the storytelling was uh, fairly decent. It was a bit of a graphical jump from, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I say bit, but probably quite a bit. I'm trying to think of (laughs) what FPS I played before that, and I have no idea. Because I mean, if you're comparing Halo 1 to any of the two that I mentioned, which was GoldenEye and Quake 3 Arena, I mean, yeah, you're getting an upgrade. <laughs> yeah. I, I In comparison to today, of course, it's fucking right, garbage right. tier. But, I mean, yeah. I think the last FPS I had really cared about may have been Perfect Dark at that point. Because I, mm-hmm. I think I played a little bit of Quake Arena with you. But mm-hmm. besides that, I think Perfect Dark probably say so it that would actually be a pretty drastic graphical increase and the story was engaging it it left off at a good point you know it had a good ending um it was it was a cliffhanger yeah. done right you know yeah uh, yeah yeah um I'm trying to think of things I can say about that. Is it just repeating what well, you've said? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I did talk a lot about memories where 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 I inter- introduced myself into the series, but we didn't even we haven't even talked about like what the actual game is. Like we didn't we even talk about the weapons, uh, the yeah. gameplay, the options. There's there's a lot of meat to the actual game That's itself. True. The the fact that it had a, this is nothing new, but I mean, it has a solo campaign that had, I believe, four difficulties. It was like easy, medium, hard, and legendary. And legendary was the top tier. It sounds right. And then you have the skulls on top of that, which add difficulty things. Some of them are difficulty. Some of them are just cosmetic or for funsies. Right, um, right. But you have the multiplayer aspect, which is something that people revolved around. You had the typical death match, capture the flag, etc., all the levels were unique. They all had their own feel to them. There, there were levels that felt good to use certain weapons. There were weapon. There were levels that man, why would you put rockets on this very small <laughs> area? But then you play it. It's like, oh shit, this is actually fun. Uh, you had you had power ups. There was there was that. so. Uh, one change that immediately comes to mind or that immediately pops out to people when they play this game as compared to other first-person shooters at the time is that you have a shield. Not saying that Halo was yeah. the first person, first one to incorporate the shield. I mean, maybe it was for all I know. But for me, again, coming from uh, GoldenEye, Perfect Dark, and Quake 3 Arena, Quake 3 Arena, you could have, you could get a shield power-up and Perfect Dark... 
I think in Perfect Dark and in GoldenEye, you can get armor, which basically yeah. gives you just ba- and in essence, it doubles your health. Mm-hmm. That's really all it does. But in Halo, you had a you had a health bar mm-hmm. meter, as in there were like eight pips of health that get chunked down. But before that, you had a solid uh, shield meter, and that was the first for me. Rechargeable. To Exactly. And it recharged. So you could get hit by enemies and you'll lose half your shield. You just get behind cover and chill out for a minute and don't take damage and your shield recharges. Right. Your health, once it went, if you if your shield got knocked all the way down, then it would start eating into your health. Your health, you had to upgrade with items that you found throughout the level or the area. That was new for me mm-hmm. and very, very interesting. Now, this... This fuels the fire of well, this is where cover-based combat came from because all you had to do was stop taking fire. Yeah, you put that game on legendary, de- <laughs> depending. Uh, you, one bullet, your shield's gone. Yeah. Two bullets, you're dead, and they they will hunt you. The AI is another aspect, and it, oh, you can make a you can make a clear comparison here. <laughs> and yes, again, you you. I challenge you, uh, guys and gals, you've got to put your mind in 2001 when we're talking about this. As of this recording, I understand that we're telling you to t- put your brain back 17 years ago, but <laughs> you you have to. Or even 16 because it was November when it came out. Yeah. Whatever. You have to remember that this was, this was what it was back then. I understand what games are like now, but back then... My comparison for AI again was not so much Quake Three Arena because Quake Three Arena I only play I think you could only play that online I don't I don't think Quake Three Arena had a single player campaign no. if it did I, I never so. played it I always got online and 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 did versus matches mm-hmm. so my AI comparison for first person shooters was <laughs> GoldenEye and Perfect Dark GoldenEye has some laughable fucking AI. And I had said this back in the day when I would, when an enemy would see me and then try and then take the longest fucking path mm-hmm. in the world around every object to get to me. Halo came around was like, Oh, you're there. No, let me just get around this tree and get around this wall. Now I'm here, bitch. <laughs> and then let me fire at you and then back up and let me get myself behind cover. Oh yeah. Yeah. They would hide. They would hide behind walls. They would take cover and reload. They would, if there was, excuse me, if there were more than one enemies, there would be an enemy that would do fucking cover fire. Mm-hmm. You can look at this stuff today and go, yeah, this is all standard. Back in the day, this was new. To, there were also the 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 antagonists in that game. They had tiers of of characters. You had the grunts that had of usually some of the weaker weapons like a pistol or a needler and but there would be two or three of them at a time and you had an elite that was a bipedal guy that would give them orders so he would again to an archaic level but he would give orders to these grunts to have them go do whatever he needed them to do if you you could pop off the grunts if you wanted to one at a time or you could grow a pair and go take out the elite and then the grunts would just fucking give up and flare their arms about and yeah the the flavor uh dialogue and ai and scripting to this was amazing and still is uh all yes. the random stuff like if you go to this one spot 
and look at this one grunt. He'll say this one thing, you know, and it's hilarious uh, type stuff. Yeah. And in combat, you know, uh, we're going to die, you know, screwing. They're everywhere. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's so well done. And they did that without really any uh, preempting on it, you know? There wasn't like, oh, hey, yeah. let's do this because these people do it or something like that. It was a pretty unique and new overall just throughout the game structure to it, gameplay-wise. Yeah. The multiplayer just brought all the weapons that you knew from the single-player campaign over mm-hmm. and just put it in the, in the standard combat shit you already know. You know, Again, like I said before, you got team deathmatch, capture the flag, domination, all that kind of shit. Uh, the if you didn't if you haven't heard by now the pistol in Halo 1 <laughs> is the fucking god weapon yeah. uh, I, now correct me if I'm wrong Chris I think it's if the if the pistol is zoomed that's when it's the most powerful or is it just period I believe overall um, I don't know I, that there was I, a I, difference between zoom and not zoom it, it's aim was you know obviously better zoomed yeah, I think there was. I think you could like quick aim with it, like if you like, if you if you put it towards somebody's head and you just aim real quick, it has kind of a slight auto. I don't remember. Either way, the pistol's fucking overpowered. Yeah. Like one, maybe one to two headshots max. They're down. It's yeah. It's in most games, when you start with a pistol and your other weapon, you're going to replace a pistol immediately with something else you find. Right. Halo is one of those games where you may not want to do that. You don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> when somebody puts an all pistols game in Halo, it's it's not like, oh man, what are you doing? It's like, oh yeah, yeah boy, we're in we're you're into golden gun territory <laughs> when you put that damn near when you get that on. Yeah, there were also weapons. Uh, sorry, there were all yeah, of course there were fucking <laughs> weapons. Michael, you dip. Of course there were fucking weapons in Halo. Uh, there were vehicles. It had it had vehicle combat. Uh, you had. Uh, tanks, which uh, tanks? Yeah, I mean go. tanks. There were uh, flying kind of hover ships called specs, specters, ghosts. Are you talking go? Yeah, the small one are ghosts. What? Yeah, and ghosts. then there's wraiths, and then the and banshees. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. you had vehicle comp. You had vehicle. Your characters had vehicles, the protagonists had vehicles, and the antagonists had vehicles, and depending on the level, you can get a mix of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, of course, the Warthog. That was <laughs> Master Chief. When when people see Halo, they generally they generally see Master Chief Warthog. Yes, those are like two fucking video game. Every fucking body knows Master Chief. Warthog, separately or together. I remember uh, tactics being uh, such a thing for me back in Halo. I remember, I to this day, I remember playing on Blood Gulch, and the I can't remember if it was a if it was north or south or if it was upper or lower or red or blue. Which there was a base to where the back of it. You could take a tank and you could climb up the back of the mountain 
and you could actually put there was like a rock formation up there. You could put that rock formation in between you and your tank, or you could put your tank in between that the wall and that rock formation. I would basically snipe people with that tank <laughs> on that rock formation because I would use the rock as a they couldn't hit me with a rocket launcher. Mm-hmm. It would it was it was super fucking hard. I could get real surgical putting putting tank blasts <laughs> out, out in the field with that thing. Yeah, it's a whole so, different yeah. type of dynamic when you have all these things in your multiplayer. You have your shields, you have your different completely different types of weapons. These aren't necessarily realistic weapons, so to speak. They're not earth weapons. Mm-hmm. Um but those are in there too, of course, but you have these other ones, you know, needlers, uh, plasma pistols, uh, the alien carbine type that stuff that not they don't always act like you would think they are. They don't always act like you think they would. And learning what to use against what. And then you have the vehicles, which, you know, hey, that plasma pistol that's garbage most of the time against the vehicle completely changes the game, you know, because mm-hmm. it's insta frozen if you hit it with the charge up shot. It, yep. it it's not the straightforward run around shoot people in the head and you're done type thing yeah there's a lot of other factors to go through a lot of life a lot of life in a halo yes a lot of life into it and that was why and again go ahead go ahead <laughs> <laughs> no you go okay fine i was just gonna say and that's why you know i brought it up on our uh last cast the uh, five games introduced that, you know, having the shields is a little bit more friendly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. So that's uh, that's Halo 1. And for me, that's actually about an, the uh, one-third of my entire Halo experience. <laughs> so, Chris, take it away with some Halo 2 stuff for us. So Halo 2 came out in 2004. And unlike you, I did not write down the month and day. Uh, I only wrote for Halo 1. Okay. Just for Halo. Just to show us, like, this is where this shit started. Okay. So, Halo 2 was actually November 9th, 2004. Um, mm-hmm. Which, for a timeline perspective and why I don't think I actually owned an Xbox until later, I was still in high school then. So, I didn't really mm-hmm. have a job that paid well enough to get an actual Xbox. So, I don't... Yeah. And I don't recall my parents buying it for me because uh, I had the PS2, like I said, and games for it. Um, but Halo 2 was developed by the same studio, which we didn't even talk about, uh, Bungie. Oh, yeah, Bungie. Which they're a amazing game studio. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people will probably know them now for their work on Destiny. Yep. They're the studio behind that, and you see... you They're still around, folks. Yep, and you see a fair amount of influence here and there on it, too. You know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. FPS, FPS. So, Halo 2. Continuing right where Halo 1 left off, I believe it's literally, th- like, the scene continues. Um, if I'm not mistaken on this one. Mm-hmm. And... Or am I thinking of two to three? What? No, two is. God, which one's the award ceremony? Is that two? Award ceremony? Yeah, when you start out, it's an award ceremony. I think that's two. Um, Jesus. Yeah, you know what? It absolutely is. Because Halo 1, 
uh, without getting to the ending, has a certain cutoff on the ending, and then Halo 2, I believe, starts up an award ceremony. Um, and you're, of course, attacked, so you continue to uh, get on with the story then. But the big thing with Halo 2 is that you have the introduction of the Arbiter. Yeah. So not only do you have Master Chief, you now have the Arbiter that you use through half of the game. Um, mm-hmm. which is interesting and was actually, I thought, well done. Um, yeah. You got a lot of plot points with the Arbiter. It wasn't just, you know, hey, play as one of the bad guys now type thing. It was, uh, they overlapped as they should. Um, they didn't overlap too much. You still got your Master Chief time. Your Arbiter time was a separate thing. Um it also was interesting with multiplayer because normally when you play multiplayer campaign, you're seeing copies of Master Chief. Well, Halo 2, now you actually have two legitimate characters you can play as in that part of the, you know, to go through the campaign. Now, of course, if you have a third or fourth, then you're back to copies, but that's not the point. Um, it also gave you dual wielding on just about, I want to say just about every weapon. Uh, aside from obviously like snipers and stuff. Yeah. But I think every other gun, and I think this is the introdu- introduction of the SMGs, because you yes. could dual wield those, and but you mm-hmm. could also dual wield like battle rifles and assault rifles, I think. Or is that a different one? Is that three? Mm-hmm. I know two added dual wielding. So you could at least do the SMGs, dual wield pistols. I want to say you could dual wield assault rifles. Well, yeah, I don't think you could do it. Well, no, nah, I don't think you could. You know, there was something we didn't mention about Halo 1 okay. that carried over into 2 is that this was something else that was an upgrade for people, aiming down the sights. Oh, the yeah. I think the, the pistol was the only one in... Halo 1 or did the battle rifle I don't think the assault you know, rifle did you brought that up last week and I still don't know if it's true or not um, I think the pistol uh, from what I remember I think I've got the, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna set this down in stone this is fact <laughs> end of time cast fact prove me wrong the rocket launcher in Halo 1 aimed down the sights I think it had a I think it had a zoom thing I think it had a you, you look down yeah, the tube yeah the pistol in Halo 1 had an ADS. It had a zoom, basically. Uh-huh. In Halo 2, it changed from the assault rifle to the battle rifle. The battle rifle had an ADS. It had a zoom on it. So that's, that. I think, pretty sure that's how Well, those it. are completely different weapons, though. They are, yeah, but I'm saying Halo, not necessarily started, but brought the aspect of zoom slash aim down sights it gave you more of an option to shoot somebody oh and the sniper rifle did too of course mm-hmm. of course the sniper rifle has, has zoom. but I'm, I'm pretty sure halo 2 was the one that started like having a lot of weapons that were ads i think uh, i don't know man it's, it's been too that, that that's gonna be a michael statement and not an end of time cast statement because <laughs> i don't know that you're right but yeah, 
Anyway, so I guess we haven't even really talked about the handling of weapons. Um, did you have any issues with the handling of weapons? I didn't really, other than sucking not at sniper rifles, but that's, you know, yeah, me, not the game. <laughs> uh, and that's even handling the swords. I thought I got sword handling down fairly quickly. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, you know, swords and hammers. I think that probably starts more with three getting into all the, you know, other modes and stuff. But yeah, yeah two was pretty similar to one. It was a slight, very slight graphical upgrade, I believe. Because um, I was still on the original Xbox. Uh, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was looking at the timeline like, wait, yeah. One and two were on the Xbox. Yeah. Three was on 360. Yeah, because I have the 360 Halo 3 edition thing. Or I did. I think I actually finally mm-hmm. threw that out. Anyway. Um, Halo 2 actually had a new game engine, too. Um, which is yeah. interesting because... Yeah. yeah, it did. I don't... It didn't feel that different. Um, as far as mechanics go, or controls go, I should say. Um, I And I briefly mentioned this when we were talking about it last week, but I feel that Halo games got harder the further in you got um, in the series as a whole. Um, Halo 1 wasn't that bad. Halo 2, a little bit tougher. As you go on, they seem to progressively get harder and harder on normal difficulty. Um, mm-hmm. don't know if that's just me, but I was working on achievements and stuff when the, uh, collection came out and boy, was that rough on some of them. Um, yeah. What else about two? I, two, I think was the one we played more on the lands yeah. until uh three came out and we switched to 360. I think because I had met the, I met the group of friends that I did. Mm-hmm that we played Halo and everything. We met that so late in Halo 1's life. I think, actually, when we first started grouping together, they were starting with Halo 2. Mm-hmm. And, like, we kind of retro... We went back to Halo 1 for a little while, but we eventually all started playing uh, Halo 2. And then we got... We were all, like, super hardcore in Halo 2. Yeah, I remember that, you know, we were playing primarily Halo 2, but then it'd be like, hey, let's load up Halo 1 and do an all-rockets match. For some reason, mm-hmm. that was something we did on 1 instead of on the other one. Or we did it on the other one, too, but there was a level or something on 1 multiplayer that made that was you know a little bit more fun or wanted to play on more. Um, yeah. But yeah, 2's really where I came into it at. I played 1. I beat 1. I beat 1 more than once. Um, I think I've beat... Uh, I won't say all of them more than once, but at least the first three more than once. Um, you can you can definitely look at Halo Two and see the you can see the upgrades. You can see the the quality of you can see that they were trying to do more. Yeah, you know they they were trying to elevate Halo. They had gotten they they definitely used the assets that they received from Halo One's popularity and said, okay, we're gonna give you more. We're going to add more ideas. We're going to add the dual wielding, et cetera, et cetera. We're, you know, we're going to add more to the story. We're going to have a whole, you like, you like Master Chief, we're going to give you the elite equivalent, yeah. you know? And real quick co- uh, correction on what I said, it wasn't when the, when uh, a- uh, Xbox Live was on the original Xbox, but it wasn't on Halo 1, it was on Halo 2. Halo 2 actually did have the Xbox Live stuff. Um, right. 
So at some point, it was, Xbox Live was added, and then I think it was patched into one late on. Okay. Because uh, I know it didn't have it originally. I mean, that was one of the downsides was you could only play local, but I do believe they patched it in later. Uh, and I'm going to go back in time and slap myself because I'm pretty sure Aim Down the Sights didn't start till Halo 5. <laughs> I'm saying this. I'm saying this because I looked it up. I, I didn't necessarily mean uh, ADS. What I meant was a zoom. Okay. I remember the pistol, the rocket launcher, and the sniper rifle having a zoom okay. ability, and that that was that was new for me. That that makes more sense. That's <laughs> yeah. I, I'm less the battle confused, rifle and, I, and matter of fact, I remember disliking the battle rifle. I'm because if I'm not mistaken, didn't they get rid of the assault rifle in Halo no. Two, and they repl- they didn't? No, it wasn't replacement. It was just another weapon. It was another weapon. Yeah. yeah. I rem- well, what I remember is disliking the battle rifle because of the zoom thing. I liked the three round burst, but I hated the zoom for some stupid fucking reason. Mm, that I, my, does sound my very brain- stupid to me. Yes, because once <laughs> I started using it more and got familiar with it, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yes. No, I hate this ability to zoom further in on my enemies' heads and be able to shoot them easier. Curse yeah. them for adding this functionality. Yeah, of course it's I, better. I liked fucking. I liked the fucking assault <laughs> rifle. I just thought thirty fucking rounds downrange. Go. Yeah, I didn't. I just burned through ammo and didn't feel like it did a whole lot. Um, right. When it mattered, you know, sure you can mow down grunts and whatever with it, but when you're up and like against an elite, you had to unload the whole thing, and that yeah. that wasn't that quick it was still a pretty long uh time for it to do and you had to do it fairly close to have the accuracy you needed um yeah. and the the br was just so much better uh for those elite headshots from a safer distance um everyone remembers the first time they picked up an smg and let the clip go and then your sight started flying up <laughs> <laughs> Hold that trigger down, and your 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 aim starts going upward because they gave you kickback. They gave you some feedback to it. Yeah. A lot uh, new. They they had some of the old levels from Halo One. They had like a repolish, a re a redesign to multiplayer levels. They had new levels. They had new. Uh, they had more. Uh, sorry, more vehicles, more weapons, more levels to play on. Just all around, it was an improvement. It was improvement on Halo One. They get again the the biggest takeaway for me was they gave you more after Halo One. Halo One was a success, and they took the the profits from that success and, and made it better. Yeah. And yeah, definitely a a a huge multiplayer point for me. This was at a this was the point in in our life where I was going to what we we called it Halo Night. That because at first that's all it was. It was Halo One, Two, and Three, and then later on we moved to Call of Duty, etc. But this was a point where at least at least two nights a week I was meeting up at friends' houses and playing a Halo game for three to six hours. Yeah, I mean this this is where the the land party for me became a thing. Yeah. Was 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 with Halo Two, and I drove from over an hour away to participate. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, those good times. Now, if I ha- if I did have to say one, if I have to say another negative thing about Halo Two is that I didn't, I didn't like how kind of out there the story was going. I, I liked the Master Chief arc. Mm-hmm. I liked 
the uh, I forgot I forgot his name already. The the elite arbiter. The I like the arbiter's arc. I didn't like the fucking plant. Yeah, the yeah, grave. Yeah, mind. you know what I mean. Yeah, shit kind of started go. I, I liked it, it all the weird. other characters. Yeah, yeah. I liked all the other characters until it got to around that guy, and it started. I kind of started losing both interest and started kind of losing the thread. The bread, the breadcrumb trail started getting lost for me. But I kind of shrugged it off and said, eh, maybe it'll be explained when I get to Halo Three. And then Halo Three came out on a new console. Oh yeah, generation jump. Oh man, still into the Halo Night part of my life. Still yeah. into the land party time of my life. Another. Uh, so you, we had Halo One. Halo One was great. Yep. Halo Two came out. An upgrade to Halo One. Yep. Halo Three came out. Another upgrade. An upgrade to Halo Two. Man, so many good things about Halo Three. There's number one. I, I hate. I hate talking about the multiplayer first because <laughs> the single player aspect is still good. Yeah. There's there's lots of good campaign stuff in Halo Three. Lots of good story stuff. You have the uh, now you have. I believe the Brutes made their first appearance in Halo Three, right? Uh, yes. Actually, I think. Yeah. Uh, the the uh, the old the old elders for the elites they made their appearance in Halo Two. I think the intro video to Halo Two started with those guys talking to the Arbiter. But weren't the brutes? I mean, brutes hold guard uh, guard roles. The brutes were guards. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, that was Halo Two. I, I don't they think ha- they played as big of a part. Right, right. Well, yeah, definitely not a because you know, spoiler warning: they were the there was a brute that was the story of Halo 3. Mm. But single player campaign, still good. Graphical, number one, graphical upgrade. So now you can see Master Chief, you can see more details in his armor. You can see more details in the weapon, more details in the elites. Uh, Everything got a graphical and functionally graphical upgrade. Multiplayer got all kind of shit. Oh, yes. Multiplayer got a fucking... You got a fucking bubble shield now. You throw this fucking shield down on the ground and everybody can get inside of it for, for a yeah. uh, amount of time and hey, bullets can go up. Halo, Halo 3 was an introduction to equipment. Because right. before you had grenades, weapons, and your melee is the other tri- part of the trifecta that they talk about. Oh, yeah. Man, we didn't even talk no, about we butt-stroking people. One-shot kill, bam, to the back of the head, bam. Yeah. Assassinations. Um, yes. But three is really where they started adding on to those. Um, mm-hmm. Three might have been the first one where you actually had an assassination animation, or did the other ones have that? I know it was one-hit kill think, from the start. Yeah. I think maybe the camera, like, zoomed in mm-hmm. and... Maybe you like you saw them crumple, yeah. but I don't remember there being like an assassination. Like when I think of assassination, I think of like Halo, uh, Battlefield Three. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh man, can't wait to get to Battlefield. <laughs> but yeah, I I don't remember an actual animation. If it was in four or five, I don't yes, know. It, absolutely, you actually, I think you. I don't know if how many animations there are. I think there are more than one. But I know there's at least one where you just take out your knife and like shank them in the neck or something like that. Let's see. 
So it's it actually goes to showing that you're doing an assassination, not just a normal melee hit from the back, which mm-hmm. that's all it was. You know, it's just a melee hit from the back that one shots. Yeah. Uh, so in Halo 1, you have active camo, an overshield, and mm-hmm. a flashlight. Halo yep. 2, you had a flashlight, active camo, overshield, and you had the same shit. Halo 3 brought m- lots more equipment. You had the bubble shield, mm-hmm. which, like I said, is a shield. It pops. It, it literally puts a bubble on the field. If you get in, you're safe from bullet fire. There was a power drain, so you throw this bitch out, and it, it kind of sort of, if I remember right, it kind of locked people in place while it drained power, too. Uh, like if they were if they were running and you threw it yeah. out, it kind of sort of sucked them in. You know what I mean? That sounds familiar. There was a well, maybe that was a gravity lift. There was a grab. No, the gravity lift just throws. It's it's like a jump pad. Yeah. Uh, he had a trip mine. I mean, that's basically a claymore, a regenerator, active camouflage, overshield, flare. Bl- there was there were so now this is another dynamic to the multiplayer aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, the weapons already being a thing the uh you also had i think there were were there turrets in halo one and two oh man i can't i remember be you could you could take a turret off of its mounted position but i don't remember if you could do that in two or three first i hmm, that's a good question i want to say you could do it in two in any event that is definitely something you can do nope uh, the first appearance was halo three okay cool Good to know. So yeah, you had mounted uh, turrets that does what a fucking mountain turret mounted turret does. You get behind it and you throw bullets down range, but you could actually detach these turrets like the fucking badass that Master Chief is and walk around the field and mow people down with it. Awesome, awesome stuff. You had uh, there were I mean there were still shit that were always out there. It was like they were deployable like cover shields and shit you can get behind. Yeah. Uh, you had all right. There was weapons. Halo Three was the first one to have, I believe, the laser. I think the laser made its first appearance in Halo Three. Um, no. The charge, the charge laser, the Spartan laser. Yeah, isn't that in one? Isn't that part of the ending? Ending sequence, maybe. so to speak. It. Yeah, maybe it is. Uh, but could you play the Spartan Laser multiplayer? That's what I. Oh, uh, I don't know. I think <laughs> I don't. Know. Well, we are really testing our fucking Halo knowledge yeah, tonight. Yeah, three three is really where everything took off. That's where everything was yeah. thrown into the game. The multiplayer was jacked up in a good way, um, and I think three was the one that started with the ranking system for multiplayer. I know two had something mm-hmm. in it, some level up thing. But three yeah. actually had ranks that you earned and lost. Yes. Or I say earned. I don't think you could actually lose them. But you earned them as you progressively got better. Like I was stuck at the freaking silver something forever. I don't want to say lieutenant or I don't know. It wasn't a good rank. I can tell you that much. That That's another thing about Halo 2 that we forgot about. Uh, the fucking icons. You could custom make fucking icons for your character. Like your profile picture. Oh, yeah. And you could take the different shapes and manipulate them, like turn them sideways or make them grow larger, smaller. You can take layers of these and make a custom thing. Like I remember when I made my Mega Man one for Halo Three. <laughs> that was the fucking greatest thing in the world for me. Yeah, 
And I've used the same one since Halo 2. I have to make slight variations because of things they take out. But mine's got similar to the, uh, you know, Suikoden uh, S type thing Mm -hmm. that's on one of the runes. Um, Something like that. But yeah, I've had the same one since the start. Yeah. There's, uh, and I want to say this one started in Halo 2, but there were kill streaks. Not kill streak rewards, but just right. kill streaks. Medals. So the more, yes, yes. Uh, everybody wanted to get a Kilimanjaro just because it sounded good. <laughs> yeah. That was, uh, and you know, just the voice of that. I think that was one of the, is that one of the first real game? I'm probably since like Killer Instinct or something with the yeah, combo breaker that really stuck out and was a memorable voice in multiplayer. Mm-hmm. Even, yeah, even just the standard multiplayer voice, which is the same one, but all the way back in Halo 1, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, 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 it was cool. It was cool to hear. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah. I mean, Halo 3, I spent so much time on Halo 3 online. I played through the campaign, you know, once at least on normal and then, legendary i don't i'm pretty sure i beat on legendary uh, well yeah. I, I think i've beat them all in legendary just not all skulls because that's freaking ridiculous mm-hmm. um yeah but i spent a lot of time on halo 3 multiplayer it's actually probably the first non-rpg that i spent that much online time with um, i know i know at a minimum i beat all the all the three halos well, well, one, two, and three, I beat on legendary. But even that, I mean, the the bulk of my gameplay came from multiplayer. The 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 core, like if I spent five hundred hours total playing Halo three, seventy was campaign. Yeah, it's it's all multiplayer. Yeah, same way. It's I and I don't even know. You know, right now I couldn't go back and look and say specifically why, but it was just overall well done. You know, there yes. wasn't anything to really gripe and complain about. Man, you remember? Uh, I forgot the other vehicles too in Halo Three, like the giant fucking mammoth tank thing that was on that one level that people would get in and drive, even though it was yeah it didn't do anything. Uh, the fucking uh, brute bikes, remember those? They had the fucking the large the, spinning wheel in the front. N- not a chopper. What? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Or was it a chopper? <laughs> I'm, I'm looking up all this shit and going down nostalgia lane, man. I love yeah, it. I thought I made some decent S- notes, but apparently the prowler. I didn't. No, yeah. the, the chopper. You're right. Okay. The chopper. There was a ghost, which we already knew. Yeah. There was a prowler, a chopper. Uh, Good Lord. They have them all. They have them all like, there's so many vehicles. I've co- the, the fucking Wraith. Remember the Wraith tanks? Yes. Yeah. Pretty much oh, all man. of the Covenant weapons or vehicles have something to do with, you know, ghosts or whatever, or spirits. Oh, man. There was the level in fucking Halo 3 where you fought against the giant scarab. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah, the elephant, the the mammoth. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, the vehicle combat was definitely there if you... And <laughs> fucking riding around in tanks was always a thing that we... we there were 
anytime that anybody would get into a vehicle, it, our group would get fucking pissed. Oh, they're in a fucking vehicle. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, man, it's a valid strategy. Yeah, and Halo 3 started with the bigger multiplayer matches. It could support up to 16 players. Oh, um, nice. And that was online, nice. not just LAN. You could do online mm-hmm. with 16 players in your match. Um, so it'd be, you know, the they weren't as big team mode it was 8v8 um where the the normal one was 4v4 i believe mm-hmm. yeah so you were doubling your team size and then those are the ones where they threw on those really big weapons big levels and stuff like that yeah um, it was so much to do so many modes and three i want to say is uh the start of the other game modes um and the was Forge introduced in three, or was that in two as well? Ooh, I, um, I want to say Forge was four. No, Forge was. I'm pretty sure it was also in three. Maybe. Uh, what was Forge again? So Forge was the map making uh, mode oh, thing. Oh yeah, that was in three. Yeah, so that's where people started creating all these game modes and Griff Ball. One of my favorite game oh modes, which actually started with <laughs> Red versus Blue, which we haven't even talked about yet. Um, oh Jesus! Okay, let's pause okay. real quick. The the when we say that Halo is a big deal, we're not just being the fucking uber nerds and sucking Bungie's dick. Okay, but Halo became a fucking phenomenon. There are there's we we talked about the expanding universe. There there are books around this. There's comics around this. There are web series, web comic series. There's all the fucking God at all the, the uh, uh, I'm gonna say, clothing and merchandise you can buy for this mm-hmm. for this freaking game. Uh, the cosplaying going on, the fan fiction, like this this Halo was a huge fucking deal. And yes, one of the byproducts to come out was a, a super fucking popular, well known uh, Halo uh, comic style comedy series sorry i can't talk i'm so excited because i love halo (laughs) (laughs) Halo. uh what was red versus blue yeah yeah machinima that's what it came to be called using the in-game uh using in-game stuff basically recording your xbox in-game assets Yeah. yeah yeah just loading up a multiplayer match and recording it and doing, you know, voiceovers and stuff. That's what Red versus Blue was. And to give an idea of how successful that was, they are now a little company you may have heard of called Rooster Teeth, which they they also used that name back then. But yeah. there are a lot of new fans of Rooster Teeth that have no idea what Red versus Blue even is. Like yeah. they come in because of their other series. They've made a movie called Laser Team, and they actually yeah. have a sequel to it, Laser Team 2, which I haven't seen yet. I saw the first one. Um, <laughs> but they are now a, you know, full-blown production studio. Uh, when I talk about Achievement Hunter, they're part of Rooster Teeth. Um, mm-hmm. A couple of the people on the Achievement Hunter team are original members of the Red vs. Blue crew. You know, they have Ruby, which a lot of people that are fans of Rooster Teeth are that haven't heard of Red versus Blue and stuff like that are because they came in on the Ruby phenomenon, which is their anime. They've gone to create a full blown, original, unique anime. 
So, and this all came from some yep. guys in college playing Halo and then recording it with voiceovers with a really hilarious story. This may also add some, some hey, that's cool shit I didn't know. Uh, if anybody is familiar with the Death Battle series on YouTube, that's Rooster Teeth. That's just, if you go to Rooster Teeth, if you go to their YouTube channel, you can see all the series of things that yeah. they have now. And they started with and were mainly only known for Halo uh, Red versus Blue shit back in yep. the day. It's, and again, we're not saying that fucking Rooster Teeth is what sold Halo. Halo sold Halo. Yeah. We're simply pointing out the fact that Halo was a big fucking deal. The uh, Machinima YouTube channel, which actually I think Red vs. Blue was on it for a little bit before they did their own thing. But mm -hmm. they've done, they started with Halo um, doing yep. their own, uh, not Red vs. Blue uh, Machinima. I mean, same method, but. Yeah, uh, yeah. They kind of became the center point for people who wanted to throw up their machinima. Um, but then, I mean, you know, like anyone starting out, you don't quite have the audience for it. So they had people jump in, especially early on. Um, if you could make it and you did good, you probably have something on there at least a yep. little bit. Give it a shot. I enjoyed Red versus Blue probably like the first 20-ish episodes of it. Mm -hmm. It started kind of get a little out there. I kind of waned off of it, but... Definitely remember. I remember us playing that shit at Halo Night. Mm -hmm. There would be times where we would go to Halo Night. Well, like, hey, check out a few of these episodes of Red vs. Blue. And we, we were fucking laughing our asses off. Yeah. And they started with Halo 1 assets mm -hmm. and then upgraded to Halo 2 assets and 3 and so on and so forth. They they ran the span out. So. Yeah, and they uh, the way they do it is it's typically some, you know, dramatic world changing, at least for the character's event. That, oh, they're in this new place and, wow, you look different, you know, <laughs> going yeah. from, you know, one console to another, even one game to another on the same console. And it's not like they just, you know, in the middle swapped and didn't, you know, acknowledge or anything. Um, but they'd be in this one level forever and then go through a teleporter and, hey, they're in the next game. They don't know where they are. And also then they look better and stuff. Um, they mm -hmm. are up to, I want to say, season 14 now. Jesus. Um, I actually got caught up two thirteen and I haven't why I do I kind of, you know, splurge all at once and catch up on a season and a half or so at a time. Uh but it definitely started going it, it's been a bit of a roller coaster. This is now the uh Rooster Teeth podcast. Actually it's not because that's <laughs> actually a thing they have, they have their own podcast. But anyway, yeah, way to go, Chris. Uh the red versus blue pot podcast there you go i'm sure that's something they do too but that's uh, not the point um where like starting out gold pure gold um mm -hmm. hilarious i mean some of the best moments in the entire 14 seasons or whatever it is are still in the mm -hmm. first like three episodes just straight up um and that was mainly because they didn't really have a plot to it they i mean they had an overall you know idea of what was going on but there wasn't this real plot driving it, and then yeah, it was it was skip base to skip base until they got they just started to make an overarching yeah. plot. So some seasons are good plots, some aren't as good. They've had a couple that are really good um, and kind of revitalized it for me. But then the next season is like okay, well I don't really care. Um, yeah, they did this little interlude thing where they were actually 
animated, like anime style episodes. Excuse me. They weren't, they weren't quote unquote canon or they were, but they were completely unrelated to the actual uh, red versus blue teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was interesting. Anyway, so yeah, that all spawned from Halo. <laughs> right. And yeah, I enjoyed Halo 3. Yeah. Uh, t- to tell you the truth, this is going to sound so fucking weird, but it's hard for me to, to, to put a finger on which Halo I think multiplayer I had the most fun with because I had so much fun collectively with all three of them. Right. Like fond memories of all three. It wasn't like three came in and just blew all my memories out of the water. I had fun playing multiplayer with all three with my friends, having fun. Good times. Good times of the first with the first trilogy of Halo Three for me. Now Halo Four mm-hmm. moving to that. Well, before we get to Halo Four, oh, wait, we've got two oh, other wait, games to talk yeah. about. Go right ahead, because I didn't play them. <laughs> okay. Um, so the two games between Halo 3 and 4 in the main series, um, which I call it the main series, but it, it's not part of the trilogy, but it kind of is. Um, but these are the other two games that Bungie did as well. Once we get to Halo 4, that's a different studio. Um, mm-hmm. But Bungie did Halo 3 ODST, and Halo Reach. Um, Halo 3 ODS. Did we talk about when Halo 3 came out? I don't think we did. That's 2007. Yeah. Um, but ODST was in 2009. And then Reach was just the very next year in 2010. Uh, so the interesting thing about ODST. And ODST and Reach get a lot of mixed reactions. There are a lot of people that didn't like it uh, for various reasons. Mm-hmm. But ODST, I mean, I don't have any issues with them in general, but ODST's big thing was it focused on, surprise, it's in the name, ODSTs, who are orbital drop uh, shock troopers. You know, these are the guys that would drop in with or, you know, after the Spartans or maybe with the Spartans or something like that. They weren't Spartans, but they were the higher, you know, uh, more hardcore troops. You know, they were the yeah. they were the Marines of the, you know, UNSC or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. Not even the Marines, because there were Marines too. These were the elite Marines. These are like the SEALs, uh, yeah. probably equivalent, um, or special ops. But they were the hardcore ones. They'd literally drop in these pods. Like in the games, you would see these pods of weapons drop down for you. Well, these guys literally dropped in the same type of pod. And it played, I I don't think it played that different. And this is kind of something that I noticed going through the games, especially once we get talking about four, I'll really talk about this a lot. But Spartans are big, beefy, basically machines of people. This armor, and not just their armor, but their natural, or (laughs) calling it natural is a little, uh, using the word loosely, but their natural body is also, you know, souped up. They're basically super-powered humans. Uh, and then the armor adds to that. Uh, so the ODSTs don't quite have that same level of armor. They did still have shields. They still had, you know, pretty much the same weapons. But they weren't as tough. And 
I believe overall they moved slower, a little, not a huge bit, uh, amount, but they moved slower, didn't jump as high and stuff like that to, you know, sh- clearly show that they were a tier below the Spartans, just in general, yeah. overall, yeah. in every way. Um, but like I said, the weapons were, as far as I know, essentially the same. Um, I didn't really take any notes on ODST, so let me take a quick look. Um, the... The, let's see. The I just I didn't even remember this, but apparently the multiplayer was on a separate disc for ODST. Huh. Um, I don't remember that. It may have been something. What? And I, I think this started with ODST. I don't know if it's three or not. You may remember, but it included a new mode called Firefight. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm. That's it sounds familiar, but I I don't want to put fact okay. to it. I don't know. So it's you. It's a multiplayer mode. However, instead of competing against other players, you're competing against waves of enemies. Mm. So and this was a nice change from the okay, let's you know all kill each other to let's work together and do something multiplayer. Other than the you know main story campaign, which is fun. Yeah, it's always fun to play through the campaign on multi on with multiple people, but. Or in co-op, rather. Uh, but this gave, you know, kind of repeatable thing you could do. And you got medals for it. And um, you had your uh, multiplayer matchmaking rank tracking type system that was in three. Um, but it was, a, like I said, it was just a fun little different mode that gave you something co-op to do. Um, and it, I still really like it. Um, I was disappointed that it went away later on. It did come back, I think, at one point. But it, it was a good addition. The overall story um, falls into... I'm trying to think of timeline. I believe it was... Yeah, I'm not sure. I believe it was after... It was it was after three. So this is in between three and four, you know, timeline canon wise. Um, whereas Halo Reach was actually a further back in the timeline. So let's see if they actually list a year on here. Because Reach was in 2552, the year 2552, and. God, trying to find years are so difficult um, when I'm not looking at an actual timeline. And going back to the books, reading the books, it can be very confusing if you don't know where yeah. they are in the timeline. Um, like, you know, re- uh, reading about Spartan 117's backstory, that's at the very beginning. That's where you start, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there's stuff that's it, there's actually one book that retells Halo 2 in it. I don't, I'm trying to think if it's only Halo 2 it tells or if it's, you know, a little bit before, a little bit after or something like that. Um, but it's giving you perspective from other places in the universe. At the same time, everything in Halo 2 is happening. Right, so right. It's this weird timeline. So if you're going to read the Halo books, I suggest looking up a Halo book or Halo novel timeline because there are comics too. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the comics. I only read the novel parts because that's, you know, where the meat of it is. Yeah. Um, 
So, I mean, the numbered games are obviously in sequential order. But then ODST is after 3, but then Halo Reach is at some point in the timeline. Uh, Reach is a planet. If anyone's wondering what Reach means in that title. Uh, Reach was the name of the planet, and it's one of the uh, biggest, or not biggest, but it was a very important planet that the Covenant targeted targeted fairly early on. So that was a whole big thing about it. And there were Spartans on Reach. Um, mm-hmm. So whereas in Halo 3 ODST plays the ODST uh, guys in Reach, I believe you played as Spartans. Yeah, Noble Six. Um who was on and Noble Six was actually part of, if I'm not mistaken, was he a part of 117's team? I, I can't remember offhand right now. But yeah, so you play as a different Spartan, still a Spartan, and still a Spartan 2, which we haven't talked about, but uh, John, Spartan 117, is a Spartan 2. That's their group as a whole that's their model so to speak they are the spartan yeah. twos uh and then we'll get into the others when we talk about the later games um, but they're the ones that were the most heavily uh augmented so to speak not sure there's a better yeah. word for that and trained uh and there's some pretty jacked up stuff behind their history um, oh yeah when you get into the later games and the later spartan models for lack of a better word, uh, they don't have as much of a dark history behind them. Um, it, yeah, I'll talk about that when it gets when we get to those games. Um, mm-hmm. Or right, I was looking up the timeline. Halo timeline. Um, oh god, that's useless. Let's see anything else about the games. Um, like I said, I didn't have an issue with either of the games, and both of them technically ranked high from a critic perspective, but there was still a lot of hate for both of them for oh, various yeah. reasons. ODST, I think, was because you didn't control a Spartan. Um, yeah. Was the big thing there. I think Reach didn't actually get as much hate. I think Reach was a gameplay thing. Um, Yeah, not not being able to control Master Chief was definitely a it it took a stripe away for a mm-hmm. lot of people. I mean, it's granted they explained why they gave they explained the story to you. They gave canon reason why, but the the fact that people saw these the, number one the this new person, but then it turned out to be a new group of people in this Halo game. It's like, eh, what is this spinoff? And I don't know. And it yeah, yeah. I mean it. But it was also a placeholder game. You know, they were like, hey, right. we want more time before we do four. I don't know where the talks were between Microsoft and Bungie at this point when they split. Um, you know, the games may have already been in progress when they switched studios. So the other studios working on four needed more time. So they went ahead and released these two. Um, I don't know the exact studio logistics behind it and reasoning, you know, for when they released when they did. And uh, like I said, what the studios were going through at the time. So it wasn't like this was, oh, hey, this is a replacement for your Halo 4. It was, Halo 4 is still coming. We just need to work on it some more for X reason or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah. So I, I don't think other than firefight mode, which was added in ODST, I don't think there was anything really uh, new or innovative that was added. I think it was more of the same, just with different characters. Um, yeah. And like I said, on a DST, you weren't as powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, so jumping into Halo 4, which I... Did you play it at all? I can't remember what you said exactly. I I played Halo 4. I played it all the way through one time. I don't... I never took it online and played it multiplayer online. Never played, you know, locally mm-hmm. with people. Uh I missed the boat when our group of people were playing Halo 4 for a while. Uh, so my, I have very limited knowledge of of, uh, of Halo 4. Okay. So I en- I enjoyed it, though, the, when I did play yeah. it. I enjoyed the story of it. I was real big into the, uh, the spoiler warning for the... For the uh, well, they weren't Prometheans. They were the Forerunners. Oh, well, Forerunners... F- no, um, sure. I, I get what you're saying. Yes. Okay. You're, yeah. Yeah. Because the Forerunners are the- technically in all of them, but yes, Forerunners are more involved in this one. Um, yeah. But the Prometheans were the actual bad guys. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then, what am I thinking then? Which Halo was it? There, there's a scene where there's fucking Master Chief. He's, mm-hmm. he's doing some fighting, and he, he's in this fucking area, and this guy comes through the fucking sky in this gigantic globe, and he fucking talks to Master Chief one-on-one. He's like, the forerunners have returned. Yes, he he is a forerunner. The yeah. enemies running around are not. They are, well, they were. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're the one. Oh, because the, the weapons were new and different this time. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, so it's coming back to me. This, so Halo Four is the start of three four three studios taking over the Halo game, and this is the Halo Four is the first and what they called the Reclaimer trilogy, um, which is supposed uh, to encompass okay. four, five, and six. And you know where Reclaimer comes from if you play four um, mm-hmm. and beat it, or even get part way through. Uh, this was a very very drastic change from any of the other Halo games wherein they introduced, you know, a couple weapons here and there as time progressed and made changes. This was a completely new set of weapons. Whereas Mm -hmm. before you had the human weapons, the covenant weapons, uh, because Flood didn't have any of their own, I don't think. It was all, you know, taking whatever they were, their host used. Um, Yeah. But now you have the Prometheans and a whole new category of weapons. The, I guess, Promethean weapons. I don't know if there's a different term for them. But they were more uh, laser-based weapons that acted pretty much like the other weapons did. Um, it, with some exceptions, of course. Like there was, you know, your standard... Uh, I don't actually know what the names of Promethean weapons are, most of them, but there was like the equivalent of a battle rifle. There was a... Uh, sniper equivalent, which was different in that it could fire two shots back to back and then had a recharge mm-hmm. or something like that. And mm-hmm. I believe most of the, I don't know if this is true or not, did most of them have recharges instead of actual clips? You know, just had a limited recharge? Or did they actually have bullets? Mm-hmm. I think. Man, 
again. Yeah. One time. <laughs> yeah. But they had like this little pistol slash shotgun thing where you mm-hmm. could shoot it and it would shoot like, or you could hold it down and it would rapid fire them or, or not. If you just shot, it would shoot them out. You know, you could do like rapid fire type fire, but if you held it down, it would do a like shotgun blast of it. It would charge it up and then release all the rounds at once. So you got that shotgun right. effect. Um, it was it was a very interesting thing, but I think the biggest change were the enemies. Um, before you had to deal with you know shields or uh, not shields, but a little bit tougher with the brutes and whatnot, um, and even some of them had shields. But the Prometheans were a bit different in how you had to fight them, um, because like their little face thing would open up and then you could hit them harder or stuff um but until then you just had a well on them and hope you did a lot of damage and on harder harder difficulties it was pretty much okay how am i going to assassinate this guy because i'm not going to be able to kill him with my limited ammunition it was Mm -hmm. a lot of that on legendary and i don't know that i ever finished four on legendary yeah i know i didn't i only played it It one time and I, i i know i had it on hard but i didn't I didn't do it on Legendary. Yeah, that's rough. Um, I had around the time of Halo 4, the fact that, you know, Halo Wars had already been out. Uh, the, I already felt I felt like I was losing touch with the Halo mm-hmm. world. And I picked 4 up way, way after the fact. I, don't, I think Halo 5 was already out by the time I got 4. And I just went through it one time. It's like, yeah, very cool. I remember, I remember being a good experience. Cool. But I didn't... I didn't have all the other life that one, two, and three had for me yeah. with it, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I really think three was the pinnacle for the overall game and multiplayer. I think oh, three yeah. was the pinnacle easily. Um, oh, yeah. And I didn't, again, say it, but Halo 4 was released November 6th, 2012. If you've noticed mm-hmm. a trend, it's always November. Um, <laughs> the. The the so the story overall, I really liked. It really got into the depth of lore that the Halo universe has behind it, and gave you a lot more backstory on why are these things happening. You yeah. know, going back to Halo One, what is this ring? You know, you find out so much more about all of that um, in Halo Four. Whereas before, you know, it just kind of fed you here and there a little bit. You know, Halo 4 was a fire hose comparison. Um, yeah. And it was good. Um, I don't... I'm trying to think overall. I don't really think I had a lot of issues with Halo 4. I think the only reason I didn't play it more was because of all the other games that were out around the time. Um, 2012, you know, getting into... Because um, this was still on 360. But I think it was, I'm trying to think of, uh, when did, when did Xbox One release? Do you know offhand what year that was? Mm, Uh, 2013. Wow, really? Yeah. 2013. God, that does not seem right. (laughs) That doesn't seem right at all. Yeah. It's been that long already. Um, so, yeah. So, Halo 4, 
came out just a year before the Xbox One. So that alone is going to be, you know, a big determining factor on how much time is put into the game, really. Chris, get the fuck out of here telling me this, this fucking console came out like five fucking years ago. Yeah. Oh, closer to four, <laughs> but still. All right, well, fuck me running. Yeah. But one thing that it did add, it was Spartan Ops, which were... These were not like the firefight where they were just random kill and waves of enemies. These mm-hmm. actually had story behind them. Um, uh-huh. Oh, I didn't even talk about it yet. Uh, one of my favorite things about Halo 4 wasn't the game. It was Halo 4 Ford Unto Dawn. Oh, the live action yes. thing. Yes. Uh, we're going to... Mm. I, 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 I can tell you have mixed feelings about it. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. I want more of it. I can't wait for a live action Halo. I'm just going to leave it there. Um, but yeah, Ford Unto Dawn was released episodically on YouTube in the, I believe, six weeks leading up to the release of the game. So mm-hmm. when this game came out, I was hyped because I'd watched all those videos as they came out. I think I watched it again all together because they actually released it as a uh, Ford Unto Dawn is the name of the little mini move they made out of the episodes uh, combining them. It was a series on YouTube. They combined it and it also, I think, shipped with the game. Yeah. So you got all that. Um, but yeah, it also added Spartan Ops, which is what I was talking about. And those were story missions that you could play in multiplayer with, I believe, four um, of the four players. Maybe That's maybe cool. six. Um, but so going back to where I was talking about Spartans, where <laughs> Halo 4... Uh, the, one of my negative things about Na- Halo 4 is this is the first one that introduced Spartans that weren't Spartan 2s. In mm. the Spartan Ops, you play as uh, Sarah Palmer and her, or her Spartans who are Spartan 4s. So I, I can't quite remember what the deal with 3s are, but in Halo 4, you have Spartan 4s. Um, I think... I think Generation 3 of the Spartans wasn't a good thing. I think that failed dramatically, and then 4s was the next successful one. Um, but these weren't these weren't Master Chief Spartans. These Spartans were not as strong. They were not as fast. They just overall lacked that Master Chief feel. You know, the Spartan mm-hmm. 2 feel. Um and since it wasn't in the main game, in the main game you play as Master Chief. But in Spartan Ops you play as these other ones. And it was kind of a precursor to what they did in 5. But I just, I couldn't, it just didn't, I didn't like it. Didn't feel the same. Yeah, it definitely did not feel the same. And even in game it mechanically acts different. They purposely do that. And I don't know why um, they would want to do that other than the the way they have to progress the story because there are only so many Spartan 2s out there um, which you start out thinking he's only one um, but from a lore perspective that's not really correct uh, right right but and then Halo 5 that comes to light 
mm-hmm. um, what the teams are controlling. But I, I I do get it from a lore perspective that you only have so much to work with. But until Master Chief's dead and gone, I want more Master Chief. Exactly. That I he okay, you made him a staple character in the gaming world as a whole. You can't keep veering away from him. If you're veering away from him, you need to get Halo out of the fucking title. Or have it as a Halo as a subtitle. I don't know. When people play Halo games, they 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 want to go back to Master Chief. You made that. You have to own that. Yeah. Period. <laughs> and I don't know if you have anything else to say about Halo Four. No. Okay. No. Sorry. I I overall, I mean, I didn't have any issues with the multiplayer. I don't think this was another one where, you know, improving on three's custom modes. They did a lot in four with. Uh, rotating out other game modes. And like Griffball was one of them. This thing that Red vs. Mm-hmm. Blue had created on one of their, you know, they didn't even play it in the series. They just talked about it. And then I don't know if it was 343 or Bungie or I think it was Bungie back then. Um, I don't know if it was Bungie or someone else in the community made it, but Bungie put it out there as a legitimate official game mode. And it would rotate mm-hmm. in and out along with. Uh, like they added contamination or whatever it is uh, where, you know, one player is a zombie and then as they kill the other players, they turn into zombies until eventually either time runs out and there's survivors left or everybody's a zombie and no zombies win type mode. Yeah. Um, they added some other fun little modes. I wasn't a huge fan of contamination, but it is what it is. Uh, and yeah. So overall, I mean, I thought it was pretty solid. It wasn't a drastic uh, shift from what was happening as far as uh, multiplayer went. Now, yeah. Halo 5, all of that went out the window. Um, <laughs> man, so Halo 5 was released for Xbox One in uh, 2015. I'm going to look up the specific date, but as I said, it's safe to assume it's November. Uh Oh, wow. October 27th? I think there was something else releasing. Huge. The following week. Um, So they released it early or something. Or that might have been, well, it says worldwide worldwide release. It may have been, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever, early access or something like that. Anyway, so 2015. So like I said, this is in the Xbox One era. So the game graphically looks great. Um, oh, yeah. You know, every Halo starting at one was this pretty decent graphical upgrade with the exceptions, of course, of like ODST. And I think Reach even was a little bit of an upgrade. Mm-hmm. But three to four was an upgrade. Four to five was not as huge of an upgrade as far as assets other than going to the xbox one you know having uh i I guess i need to completely take that sentence out it was an upgrade um yeah uh i don't know how dramatic but it looked nice um it's been a while since i played it and they're still supporting it now here's the thing with halo 5 i i like it from the perspective of master chief Mm-hmm. I don't care at all 
about Agent Locke and his team of Spartan Fives, I believe they are in this one. I, I don't even know who that is. He was the other guy. And old, and- so the cover of Halo 5, have you seen the box art or picture or whatever, the poster? Yeah, there was two heads. Yeah. So yeah. on the right is Master Chief. The Master Chief everybody knows and loves. On the left mm-hmm. is this other person nobody gives a damn about. Hi, new guy. Yeah, exactly. So throughout this game, much like in the earlier where you control Master Chief and Arbiter, you go back and forth between controlling them in missions. This is the same thing, except for instead of the Arbiter, you're controlling... Uh, sorry, I'm trying to look at a specific name, but it's Spartan Locke and his fire team. Um, mm-hmm. But... Um, okay, so they are Spartan Fours and their fire team Osiris. Um, and basically, after the events of Four, uh, Master Chief goes AWOL. And that's where Five picks up. Because Four was a hell of a cliffhanger. Um, I'm not sure if you remember it or not, but it was. And Halo Five picks it up where that left off. But Master Chief is now AWOL, and Fireteam Osiris are assigned to find out what Master Chief is doing, where he's going, and to basically bring him back home. You know, yeah. get this rogue Spartan back, and let's let's figure this out. Uh, and the Master Chief side is going, nah, don't care. I have a mission. I'm going to accomplish it. And this is... This is really, God, how do I put this? This is all throughout the series. Master Chief is a stoic, fairly, by the books as far as Spartans are concerned, guy. Um, yeah. Because Spartans had that very, very rigid mm-hmm. military training. They're essentially brainwashed. Yeah. Um, so when a Spartan does something that isn't directly in line with a order or a mission, it's odd. Um, this isn't the first example of it, especially, I mean, if you read the books, there's a lot more stuff going on too. But for Master Chief, you don't see that until Halo 4. Um, and especially with the ending of Halo 4, the way it was um halo 5 with him going awol that's that's a pretty big deal and it does a very good job of showing his evolution as a character even though he's this brainwashed super soldier spartan 2 he still has emotions he still has these over, I don't want to say overbearing, these very powerful connections to the people he's worked with over the years. And as part of that, um, his main plot aside, he's not alone in Halo 5. This is the first Halo that has other Spartan 2s, other than uh, Reach. So the team, because, and I haven't gotten to the mechanics yet, but you control teams. Um, you play as the main team leader of each, but you have 
three other Spartans with you on each team. For Locke, he has, you know, mm-hmm. three Spartan fours that suck. And, but Master Chief, he has three other Spartan twos who, as far as, you know, the game series is concerned, Master Chief's the only one. There are no others like him. Right. But there are. Now, they're not Master Chiefs, but they are Spartan twos, and they each have their thing they excel at. Mm-hmm. Um, when I read who was on his team, that got me stoked for this game because I'd read the books and I knew who these characters were. Mm-hmm. So you have Linda, 058, who is the sniper. She is ridiculous. Like hanging up and down, tangled in wires to keep her suspended for hours, just waiting on that one perfect shot. She is the epitome of a super soldier sniper, just straight up. Hmm. Even Master Chief has nothing on her when it comes to sniping. And that's where, that's kind of one of the things I think is really cool about these characters is Master Chief is this just straight up badass. He's good at everything he does. Um, And then he has his luck, which they don't talk about in the game, but his luck is Master Chief's thing. Um, and but but now you have a group of specialists yes so you have your sniper and then you have Kelly who is the scout and she's the fastest Spartan so she can outrun Master Chief makes him look like a school child outrun him Um, that's how fast she is and uh, Frederick 104 who is actually their leader he is the fire team leader. But because of John 117's um, just ingrained overall leadership ability and uh, his luck as part of it too, instead of referring to their lieutenant, they defer to the Master Chief. Um, I. I'm trying to think, and I believe Master Chief was actually passed up for the promotion for some reason or another. Um, but despite that, because they went through the program together and they know how they work together, um, they often defer to Master Chief. Of course, he, you know, mm-hmm. if, if the lieutenant tells him to do something, he's going to do it, but it's not that type of relationship. You know, it's not a traditional yeah. military relationship. Um, he's the overarching leader of the team. Um I think I'm trying to think of what his abilities. I think it just may be leadership. He excels. <laughs> I, I think he literally just excels at leadership situations and tactics. Um, Master Chief is the more off the wall, spur of the moment type situations. So before they go into combat, you know, uh, Frederick will give the plan. He'll be like, all right, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to approach this. All right, let's go. Once the shit hits the fan, Master Chief's like, all right, you hold that bomb there. I'm going to go over here. We're going to do this weird thing. It's going to work. Um, mm-hmm. Or he's just like, yeah, I'm going to go do this. And they're like, um, okay. And he comes out of it a badass hero. Um, like, so that's where his luck comes in. And it's, it's unfortunate that the game doesn't talk about his luck. Um, 
because that's such a huge part of his character. Um, but Halo Five, uh, like I said, I enjoyed all the parts I played as Master Chief. I think as a whole, having the fire team there was awesome. Um, but I didn't care at all about Spartan Lock. Yeah, you can't. It's, again, this and it's for better or for worse. It started with Halo ODST for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You can't. You can't take the spotlight off of the fucking guy you made. Like you can't. You're either one. You're gonna you're gonna create people. You're gonna create other characters that that they're not gonna hold the weight, or you're gonna create characters that people are just not gonna care about. Yeah. And I don't. I don't think it was necessary at all. And didn't really add anything to the story because. Like I said, I didn't care about what they were doing. I cared about Master Chief's mission because that was right. a carryover from four. That's a carryover from the other four games. You know, mm-hmm. he had a mission. That's all I cared about, what he was doing. Yep. Um, but even aside from that, I just, I didn't enjoy the multiplayer. I think they just tried going too far out there. Mm-hmm. The classic multiplayer isn't really there. Um, sure, they have the death match, but I just I couldn't get into it. I played it for a bit. I tried the various modes. Um, I think one of the big issues is that this is the first one that has these packs of cards you can buy and use a multiplayer. So, and I think it was only you know certain modes. I think there were, I guess, for lack of a better word, card-free modes you could play probably. Mm-hmm. But that's not what everybody's playing. People are playing like these big, uh, you know, uh, big team matches, which are even bigger now. I want to say they're 32 plus players. Wow. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Um, uh, and you know, cards aren't cards aren't too bad. Well, uh, Battlefield, not Battlefield, but the Titanfall does cards. I don't know if they're the same So here's thing, the though. issue with cards, and this will tell you whether or not it's the same. You could be in a mission and someone could play this card and suddenly have a very good weapon or a very good vehicle. Mm-hmm. And you didn't. Mm-hmm. You had no way of getting it. So unless you had the card as well and you played it. Yeah, no, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. And it was it was a the mode I'm thinking of when I think of this is a kind of capture the base type mode or King of the Hill mode, except there are three bases. Mm-hmm. And you spawn, you know, whichever one's closest to the enemy. Uh, I believe there are three bases. You start out with nobody owning any of them. So, of course, you can easily take over the one that's next to you. But then you have to fight for the middle one and gradually push over to the other side. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I just I could not get into it. Apparently, a lot of people still enjoy it. Um, there's a lot of the custom maps still going on, going on because Forge got even crazier. Um, didn't really talk about it with four, but uh, with five, it's yeah, they're doing absurd things with it. They're adding game modes. Like there was one that was uh, playing PUBG in Halo Five custom map mode, basically. Uh, so it was just someone got bored or whatever and decided to create a PUBG type game where you literally drop down. Um, I want to say it was Halo they did this in. Um, but it's just an example of type things. So There's just all these fun little, 
I think that's one of my favorite parts about Halo multiplayer now are the custom maps and custom modes. Yeah. It's, uh, but yeah, I, well, I mean, we can we can only hope for good things from Halo Six whenever it comes out. Maybe they'll have learned a lesson or or several. Yeah, I'm. And but I mean, for me, just just me, I not not. I I know I love saying this is my favorite phrase. I didn't not out of anger. I didn't drop the game out of anger or the series out of anger. I got. I definitely got my play out of it. I got my time out mm-hmm. of it. I got a lot, lot, lot of fond, fun memories playing that game, multiplayer with friends. I I even got a, a good amount playing it single player. The story kind of sort of drift off for me, and I kind of started going, oh, okay, all right, you know, doing your story thing. I had I still had fun with Halo One, Two, and Three, mm-hmm. and. It's it's a series for history. Ma- Master Chief will always be around. He's always going to be an iconic character. Yeah, he's not he's not going anywhere. Even when the series is done, you're he's he's there with as far as popularity, mm-hmm. as far as well known. He's he's there with Cloud and and Mario and Sonic. He's he's known. Yeah, he's the guy. When you think of Call of Duty, Call of Duty may be more popular, you know, to one degree or another. But what's the face of Call of Duty? Yeah, there is no. Yeah. There's a face to. There's kind of. I mean, you maybe soap, maybe Pierce or Price, but Master Chief. I, I don't know what either of those are, and I've played the game, so I. <laughs> All right. Um, one other thing about Halo Five that is a really big deal for me: no split screen. Oh snap! That hey, whoa. that alone. Yeah, I that's a I right really. There, I really hesitated to even buy the game at that point because I didn't want to support no split screen. And for me to do that with a Halo game, that's, I mean, I I pre-order them and I buy them day one. I have, you know, uh, Halo editions, Xbox One, and uh, 360s. I love the series. Mm -hmm. But no split screen, that's that's essentially a deal breaker. Yeah. it's so frustrating, and that's that's not even just multiplayer; that is campaign as well. You mm-hmm. cannot do a co-op campaign on your couch with someone else without another console. Yeah. Well, my parting thoughts. I mean, I man, I kind of just said it, but I mean, Halo's the the biggest thing that I always heard throughout my early years of the Halo life was that ah, oh, I mean, come on first person shooters so much it's done so much better on the PC and I've heard so many arguments of how how shitty it is and how it stole you know ideas from other it blah 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 blah. For me, I had my time with Halo. I had my time with Master Chief. I'm I'm aware of what he is. I'm aware of what the series is. I had a lot of good, fun times, a lot of cherished memories thanks to Halo. And yeah, I mean it's a plus series for me. Yep. So, I think that's gonna do it for tonight's episode, Chris. Unless you got any last parting words or shots for uh, Master Chief, I'm just gonna say. Salute. I just, I hope six is a return back to what it should be. Um, it should be. It needs to be a farewell send off in a good way. You know. Yeah. That's it. So, what are your thoughts on the Halo series as a whole? 
where did you jump in? Were you there from the beginning? Did you pick one in somewhere in the series and jump on? Did you do you hate Halo as a whole? Do you, what do you think of Master Chief as a a video game icon? What do you have any multiplayer memories? Are there any any fun memorable stories you have? Any I remember lots of times, especially when Halo Three came around, there were videos of, of people doing all kind of shit because of the, the jump pads, the level of the jump pads. There were mm-hmm. all kind of trick videos and all. Maybe you have some like that. Anything that you'd like to discuss about Persona Five and Halo and the Halo <laughs> series? We did. We I had to throw that in one there. Uh, we love to hear any feedback from you uh, for for anything in general. We we, we love hearing feedback. Period. You can uh, leave us some feedback on our Facebook page, probably where you found us. Uh, just look for the End of Time cast on Facebook. We have uh, an email. You can send us an uh, email at endoftimecast at gmail.com. That's endoftimecast at gmail.com. No funny numbers in there, just as you heard it. We have a Twitter page. You can tweet us anywhere, any way that you want to give us some feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Uh that's going to be it for tonight. We've got another episode coming up a week. It's going to be the first of a new series that we're starting. So, yeah, look forward to that. It's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting, to say the least. So, until that time, I'm Michael. I'm Chris. Good night, everybody. Good night.